What up, Whiskey Ginger fans? Welcome back to the show. It's your first time joining the show. Welcome to the show. I'm in my hotel in Boston. Boston, baby. Because I'm playing two shows tonight and two shows tomorrow night at the Wilbur Theater. Get tickets at andrewsantino.com. My guest today, the final guest of the year, is Rachel Feinstein. I love Rachel so much. She's so funny. Go see her live in all of 2023. And come see me tonight and tomorrow, my last four shows of the year at the Wilbur Theater in Boston, Massachusetts. AndrewSantino.com is where you get those tickets. AndrewSantino.com. Enough rambling from me. Let's go to the episode. In here, we pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. You were that creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy and ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful. You owe me $5 for the whiskey and $75 for the horse. Gingers are hell no. This whiskey is excellent. Ginger. I like gingers. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Whiskey Ginger. My guest today is one of my favorite people on earth. I say that for all my guests, but I mean it once again today. <laughs> it is the first time this human's been on this show, and I can't believe it because I'm such a big fan. It's Rachel Feinstein! Thank you was that for a good having intro? me. That was delightful. Yeah, it sounded good. I'm a little stuffy, as you guys can hear, um, because I probably have RSV too. Do you know this RSV mm -hmm. that's going around? No, I heard that. Um, I think I got it. Really? I well, thought it was like a kid thing. I'm a, I'm a little boy. I'm a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm on, well, I'm on the, I'm obviously not uh, contagious anymore. I got, I tested for COVID because I'm still shooting. And then mm. um, I asked the nurse, uh, I was like, hey, you know, I had this for like a week and now it's, I don't feel anything. I just am this. She's like, yeah, I think you're, it, that's like one out of every three people we're talking to and testing. She's like, has this. RSV thing. Well, whatever this is. I don't know. It's like a head cold. You're gangrenous. I know. Teeming with AIDS. <laughs> and I no, thought Trivada would work or whatever the medication is called. <laughs> I see those medications for uh, HIV medication, like mm -hmm. uh, the commercials for them, mm -hmm. so much that I'm like, they do have the cure. They're just like, they're this is a tease. They're sitting on it. Yeah, they're just like, oh, but this will suppress it to the point where it's not even noticeable. And you're like, oh, <laughs> so you can cure it? And they're like, no, maybe. <laughs> Come back to us in five years. We'll tell you. We'll I feel like you. certain people. They're just like they give yeah, yeah, yeah. They like eh, have a shot. If you pick up a, if you pick up the phone and you're worth X amount of dollars, yeah. you got the person on the other line. That goes, certain zip we got codes. It. They're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you think stop on by? Yes, <laughs> swing by Beverly yeah. Hills. Swing on by mm -hmm. South LA. We'll, uh, give it some let's time. Let's go to a collar. Yeah. yeah. Let's go to okay, let's go to the phones. <laughs> let's go to the phones. First of all, we're wearing the same colored shirt. Oh my god, we are. And I never we're, wear this color. And you. Oh, do, why do you not? I don't wear... You know what's so funny? I didn't initially... I got this from a friend and it just looked comfy. But yeah, I, but that's I'm what not, I thought too. I was like, oh, this, this looks color satisfying. isn't my color either. I don't know. Because I'm a orange guy. I hear... So uh, colors are hard. Like you, a tan brunette, you can wear whatever you want. Yeah, I'm a swarthy Mediterranean. So I have to like... Yeah, I have to put on a duster of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Swarthy don't Mediterranean is a great name for like a an album or a book. Maybe. Swarthy yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Well, what are your parents... Um, my mom is, she converted. My mom is Jewish. I mean, no, my mom is Jewish now, but she was like, um. She converted to Judaism. Yeah, she converted So she was Judaism. a human before and then. She was a human. <laughs> and then, then she grew some pretty thick, dense <laughs> horns. Yeah. And, you know, my brother went to college at, at Ithaca and he, um, I don't know why it said the name. I guess I'm name dropping, but he went to yeah. Ithaca and his roommate had never met a Jew. And then in the middle of the night asked if, um, seemed a little bit frightened 
and he later told my brother, I guess they'd been friends for a couple months. It became quite close, but he was like real sheepish at first. Mm-hmm. And then he told my brother, you, they like had a beard. He was like, dude, I thought you guys had horns, but like I found out you didn't. And like, He really bought it. Believed it. Wow. Like was frightened to live with my brother because he thought that his horns were going to slowly be growing at night. <laughs> and then they like had a beard. I would do anything Andrew, to hear that discussion between two dudes like at a bar. I really thought you were going to have horns. Yeah, but they really didn't just want to say, like, I'm sorry that I thought that you were going to have someone I was watching at night for your horns to grow. (laughs) My brother's probably, my brother's like real introverts. He's probably like, no problem, man. And they like didn't want to talk about it. Yeah. And that was the end of it. But well, you know what they say your nose never stops growing, your ears, and your horns. Mm -hmm. And your horns never stop growing. Yeah. This is something I actually learned on the internet that I thought was bullshit, but it's true. Uh, a woman's clit never stops growing. Oh, can we play some soft piano music? Please? <laughs> it never stops What's growing. What's his name, Joe? Huh? Editor? Joe, editor? yeah, my editor. Joe, we're going to need some soft piano music for that. <laughs> <laughs> really lengthen out that sentence. I'll say it again, Joe. You know a woman's clit <laughs> never stops growing? I know. That's what he says soft on first jazz. dates as he's gently lifting up a woman's yeah, You know chin. your clit never stops growing. <laughs> as he's taking off her glasses and going, you know, you really are quite pretty. <laughs> That's a real scientific Slow, soft fact. face rake. No, I didn't know that. It's real. It never mm-hmm. stops growing, which I thought was fascinating. And I thought, what's the purpose? <laughs> what is the purpose? What's the purpose? Why I would it need to stop growing? I mean, to like, this is To this make is it kind of easier cool. for these men to find. Hey! Oh, boss, dad. We'll be right back. <laughs> stop weaponizing our strength. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, stop weaponizing my strength and power at SAS. I'm trying. I'm trying oh. my best. <laughs> By the way, I, we were talking a little bit off air about it, and we can talk on air about it because it'll have already happened by the time this podcast comes out, but you're going to be on the roast. For Burt Kreischer. For Burt Kreischer. Mm-hmm. How was it? It already happened. How was yes, it? it was banging amazing. You and killed. I did a lot of networking. <laughs> 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 I was mostly here just to network. I said that to somebody the other night at the store, and I was like, I think he – thought I was being serious. Like I think I, I want I have to softly undo that. There's enough people that you would say that to they would buy. They would they would just genuinely say they were here to network. Yeah. This city oh, is a city of that thing. Vile. Well in in New York, uh it's it's the polar opposite vibes when you go to perform. In fact I like it so much that I might be going there. I know for that a made while. me really excited. Yeah. I just like the I just like the um well I wanted to change anyway. And also New York is humming again, and L.A. kind of stopped. The vibration went away. Whatever yeah. was here at some point mm-hmm. kind of has uh, dissipated. But um, New York, New York's version of networking mm-hmm. is people uh, is relationships growing. Like yeah, yeah. That's that's what I kind of love yeah. so much. Was here. That's not really it. It's kind of uh, this is definitely every person for themselves out here. This yeah, is- in New York, I feel like we like we don't. We probably should talk about the business more. We like we just like we just complain no. about other horse shit and talk about our, yeah like lives good. and relationships and analyze things and you know because I was thinking I was like that would be so fun because you go to like Chinese food with me and Sam and yes yeah and yes. I was like I could see that because I felt like you seemed like an East Coast guy like when I and not that I didn't I considered moving out here because my niece and nephew are out here and my family is from California so not to like <clears throat> bash California but I uh, I was like. 
I sense that sometimes when I'm out here that like when people make a plan, I don't know if it's a plan. It's like a sort of vague idea of a plan. But yeah. with you, I was like, you're just like, oh, let's do this thing. And I, I was like, oh, we're, we'll do that thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, I like try my best. Plan. Yeah. Yeah. I try my best to stay human and, and like uh, go through with it. The problem is yeah. the longer you live out here, uh, culturally, a lot of people just don't adhere to any sort of schedule or they just don't they yeah. don't they, they'll say a thing but we do have to get drinks and then it just will never ever happen yeah and which yeah. is like okay that's fine sure. but i just feel like uh a culture shift is nice and i want you know i do want um i do want the i just want to i guess i want to feel new york at my age now you mm-hmm. know i'm almost 40. in the winter of your life yeah, this <laughs> like is this is the cold right? years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm 39. I feel like this is the cold years. From here it goes out. Uh-huh. I so I just I want to be attacked in the subway before I die. I, that <laughs> you is will what be I want. Too. Yeah, I can't. Fucking I can't fresh wait. cupcake like you. Mm. <laughs> just wait till they get their mitts. Like I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Right so wait a minute. Did you grow up in New York? Your mom. Sorry, you asked me a question. Like, no, but I said mm-hmm. your parent. Your mom is a convert. Yes. Your old man. Jewish guy from LA? My dad, okay, so my dad um, uh, was born in Queens, Rockaway, Queens, little Howie Feinstein, everybody very arousing name. (laughs) Howie Feinstein. You want to take a moment with that. Howie Feinstein, born in Queens, and then um, his family moved. I don't know if about, I don't know if you know much about sports. I don't know about sports, but okay, so my dad was, is like a diehard. Giants fan baseball it, team. Yes. So, so I guess the Giants moved to San Francisco right around the time from New York, right around that time he did. Uh, so it felt like this magical. It was move. happening for him. Yeah, like his the team moved for right. my dad. Yeah, <laughs> right. like my dad. Only time I've ever seen him cry was like uh, at a you know the baseball Hall of Fame and the movie Deer Hunter. But like not not a shit. <laughs> she didn't shoot a tear at my wedding. By the right. way, at my wedding he was kind of like in a rush. Like when, I, when when we were walking down the aisle, I was like, Dad, that's not really the vibe. Like. He's like, oh, come on, we gotta go. That's all. Let's go. I'm like, no, no, Dad. Just you're not. He's like, oh, I'm like, no, we need to get down there. I'm like, I literally position says so much. I positioned his hand. I was like, your hand should go like here. And there's yeah. kind, of, it's like a moment. It's, it's there's like, a okay. rhythm to it, right? Yeah, yeah. He's just real stressed the way he would get like when people would visit us to like come see the monuments. Oh, I hated going to do see the monuments. The monuments. There's like these Washington monuments. I'm like, I don't want to go down to DC. And like, I felt that like archaic boredom the way I would like. When my mom would bring me like to like a carpet store, like a mm. like a circuit city or something. Oh my just, god! So my dad was like, "Oh, we gotta get to the monument!" <laughs> and it was just this frantic, furious energy. Like pack some trail, but and that was the vibe on my he wedding. Was very much a dad. Your dad was a dad. A dad, like and born also, to be a dad. Yes, but like emotionally a desert, just like so a dad. Yeah, yeah, that's what dads are. Yeah, they traumatized. They, yeah, like you've never seen your father cry until you were an adult. But I feel, but I sense that your dad was like a man, whereas yeah, my guy. dad has like couldn't operate a fuse box and has like a never ending sinus infection. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like your dad would like be able to fix. I feel like you cover yeah. like man that could like he would use yeah. the fuse box to fix your dad's sinus infection is what would happen. You figure that out right. Say <laughs> all you got to do is connect this bulb, put it up your fucking head, stop being a pussy, drink this, and you'll be fine. Exactly. <clears throat> it was very much. Yeah, my yeah. dad was very much. Your dad uh, could probably like take apart things, like engines and things. My parents and, and were just getting re My every... dad could take really? apart entire family. <laughs> <laughs> did he wait? Did you not have a temper? My dad, no, 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 not a temper, but he, but uh, was a bad. Uh, I don't even know how to say it. it. Was like he was really good at being a fun guy, but not a dad guy. Like, yeah, my parents split when I was 
a little kid mm-hmm. because he was like so loving, fun, sweet guy. Yeah. Couldn't stop the fun. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Was he a drinker? Coke. Oh, God bless him. Like drinking a little bit, but loved Coke. Loved himself some blow. Loved Did you know Coke. this when you were growing up? This is fascinating. No, I, I love was, hearing about When I was a childhoods. kid, um, I knew, well, when my dad went to prison the first time, mm. he went multiple times. Mm. I, I, I remember asking my mom, because my fear was, was he, did he hurt anybody? Because when How you're a kid, you? you think prison is, when you're a kid, you hear Seven. prison, you're like, some, you killed somebody. No, that's, I know. I remember being in the grocery have. store with my mom and some kids were like taking like those candy, like chocolate covered almonds. My mom was like, that's called like stealing, you know? And I was like, that's they're bad. going to go to jail. They're robbers. I was right. like, we're watching robbers. Ooh, you know, we're like, watching a crime. Yeah. yeah I know no, what you that, mean. Yeah. That's what you think of as jail. Yeah. My mother taught me that it was not, it, that, no, that he wasn't like a violent person or didn't hurt anybody else. He was hurting himself. Was it from stealing? Was it from a dealing blow? Dealing blow and then being involved with people in that world. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? He was a, yeah. he was a bad boy. Yeah. He was a he bad boy. Sounds like boy. he was a naughty boy. <laughs> he was. <laughs> but was he, he funny? He, yeah, man. He's, My dad was really funny. He too. just like, yeah, and could get along with anybody, right? Yeah. Like, so predominantly worked a contractor. Come on, of course. Yeah, see, I knew you it came predominantly from men, men's men. In like men. the west sides and south sides of Chicago, which are mm-hmm. traditionally black neighborhoods in Chicago and loved working in those neighborhoods because he fashioned himself like a, a man of the people and he was very much like um, didn't like the uh, upstairs. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. talked down to about wealthy people. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Thought of himself very much like I'm a, I'm a blue collar guy's guy. Like yeah. I work for the people. Yeah. So he would go to these neighborhoods and – he loved working in lower income neighborhoods mm-hmm. and and everybody fucking liked this guy. Like yeah. I would watch, I'd go on runs with him when I was a kid. Yeah. <clears throat> when he would pick me up, we'd go, you know, we'd go to Southside Chicago and it'd be an all black neighborhood. And my dad's confidence level, even though he's walking into a neighborhood where traditionally- Was he handsome? He sounds kind of hot. He was kind of, yeah. He's he good. sounds he was. hot. He was when he was young. Yeah. When he was young. Now they're all old. They all sure. they all look like it's a rap at a yeah. certain point. That's why it was so funny at my wedding. My there was all these like long discussions about my mom and my my husband's mom was gonna like wear. I'm like, who cares? It's like it's over. Yeah, it's, it's a it's wrap. Done. No one's who looking cares at you. Who cares what smock some 75 year old bitch is in? It's done. I hope I know when it's complete wrap. You yeah. know what I mean? Like when it's real. But there was just so many discussions and like my dress. I'm like, who? It's like if a tree falls in the forest, what an old woman wears to a wedding. You know, like. At that point, just just one yeah. piece of fabric, just some sort of tarp, and just it's get a tablecloth, cut a hole yeah. in it, and wear that. Yeah. By the way, that's what my grandmother wore until the day she died. Was mumus? You know mumus? Yes. My grandmother. That's all I ever saw. My because she never worked. She never left the house. She smoked cigarettes, drank coffee, and sat around the kitchen in a mumu. <laughs> well, I she... <laughs> never saw. I never saw my grandmother outside of a home. My whole fucking life. <laughs> my grandma also wore like sort of smock like Ita- my Italian, yeah. like the Italian side. Was like a cartoon. My Italian yeah. family is like a cartoon. But truly, my dad's mom, I never wa- – I, I don't think I remember – maybe I'm trying to remember if we had like a family outing. But mm-hmm. almost never. It was always food or dinner at her house in her kitchen and she only wore mumus. I never saw her in traditional Did she clothes. Was she a good cook? Yeah, I mean, she was a great everything. She was like the best human. Like, on I know Earth. I miss my grandma so much. She was so funny. She was she the used best. to give me the most hilarious advice about men and stuff. And she would always say, "All men." She'd always say, "All men care about is your crotch. <laughs> They're like little cats. They meow to get in, and then they meow to get back out again." <laughs> They always want the crotch. That's all they want. Yeah, crotch. She was very funny. Like when she was like dying, my my um aunt 
interviewed her like and she just gave her this long interview about her life growing up in New York and she was like hilarious and sarcastic and then she was like she's getting kind of gentle as she's talking about her brothers coming back from the war mm. and she's like now when Walter came back from the war he was different right mom and she's like well he was crazy he was, he was shit house nuts he was, something was wrong like she was just like would always say exactly what was going on right. like I feel like her and my dad were like more of like the comics where my mom was more of the just yeah so she was baseline my mom is like, okay, so my mom, uh, my yeah, so my dad moved to San Francisco. He thought he was moving with the Giants, <laughs> met my mom, and, and my dad is like, memorized like a weird amount of like sports plays and like lineups and, you know, but like- He loves baseball. Baseball and sports and- uh, he was a civil rights lawyer, so like weird information about civil rights and blues musicians. He's a blues musician now, full time. But he wow. used to he would memorize and can play any instrument, like zydeco accordion, piano. Plays everything by ear, just an incredible. Doesn't read a note, but just can play anything. Pick it up, and he's he's amazing. So he's a savant. Your Absolutely, yeah. He skipped yeah. like two grades in school, but would call me Roxanne, like fully call me. There was no Roxanne in the family, Andrew. None. You just be like Roxanne. Come on, we gotta go to the monuments. Justin, uh, Aaron, uh, Roxanne, and and didn't know like wasn't protective at all. Yeah, like a lot of Jewish men are like that. They're not known for like wanting to like marry their daughter. There's not that weird like promise ring kind of daddy's right. first dance. You know, like my dad just like I don't know if he's like even still aware that I'm a woman exactly, but like <laughs> he was like not protective at all, and so like would just kind of. I remember one time I was getting ready for something and my mom was like, show your dad your outfit. And I was like, he's going to be say something so weird and, you know, autistic. So I walked over to my dad. I was like, oh, here's what I'm wearing to this like bat mitzvah. He's like, oh, that's good. I'd like a ballerina. I like, a, uh, uh, I didn't know what, what I would want to hear at 15. He's like, like a ballerina cowgirl, do a twirl. And she's like, Howard, like, you know, nobody wants to hear that. And then do a she was twirl. like, she's 15. She doesn't twirl anymore. And he goes, I don't know. Like, uh, she looks good. Like the girls in the gas stations and they grease them up and they put them on the cars. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I know. And, if he, and like, he had no idea that all of those things were unacceptable. On the last one, obviously, it was like everybody's just like, "What the fuck yeah. just happened?" He's like, "Ah, oh, Roxanne, yes, yeah, the grease, the ones that grease up, it's good." <laughs> Roxanne, you look yeah. good. <laughs> what? How did he get yeah. your mom? Then is your how, like, how did this? Do you look? Look, I feel this way often when I meet couples. Yes, especially like friends' parents. When I'm like, how the fuck did these two people get together? I mean, my mom. So my mom grew up in was the, she tricked <laughs> Mojave Desert. She her dad was like she came from a very Republican old school Methodist family where if you had an opinion at the dinner table, you were called a commie, which I still think is so Love funny. That. I do my, that today. Yeah, <laughs> fucking commie, commie rat is very rat. satisfying. <laughs> what do you do back in the Soviet Union, rat? <laughs> so my mom was like, you know, I think there could be a different perspective on the war. But you commie rat, it's <laughs> happening at my table right now. Oh. It makes me laugh so much. That always makes me laugh when somebody calls them in their own family a commie or when somebody calls them in their own family dumb, like in those old shows when, the, you yeah. know, like in the Honeymooners where they would call each other dumb. That made me laugh so much. Yeah, that's dumb a, broad. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's just a dumb broad. You know, my boyfriend's a fucking commie. He comes around with long fucking hair. Cut your fucking hair. That was such a weird time. It, like the 50s led into this, this, uh, this idea that if guys had long hair, you were like – off your rocker, weird. Yes, you were crazy. Yeah, and you were like a, a drug addict. Like you were, yeah. gonna, you were like, um, like Manson or something. Like, what are you gonna yeah. do with long hair? Why, why, why? why? I, I, like, I always thought that was nuts because my stepdad, his dad was a uh, military guy. Yeah. So he instilled so much of that, like, 
strict to the book, all that stuff. Yeah. And he would tell me stuff that his dad would say, like, boys have short hair. <laughs> Cut your fucking hair. Like, embedded into him what was else like, do you say? like, well, I love that kind of shit. It, was, it makes me laugh so much. The other stuff was, don't trust blacks. It was stuff like, <laughs> yeah, you sure, know, the sure. average. My friend, stuff. my friend had a dad like that, one of those really old school dads. Yeah. And his sex talk, uh, very funny guy, Dave Jusko. Um, and his he's a comic now. I'm like, you have to talk about this on stage. His dad's sex talk was just, he just like slammed a condom on his dresser and he goes, never in the ass and hide your wallet. I'm not talking about this shit again. <laughs> never in the ass and hide your wallet. Yeah, but I mean, true, true. Solid advice. True, true. Yes. My, we never had, I never had the sex talk ever. My dad, I think one time said something to the effect of like, um, you know, with my then girlfriend, he's like, you guys, you guys are, protecting yourselves right and mm-hmm. i was like yeah and he's like okay and that was just like that was it that was and it's was, so funny were you violently uncomfortable i was just bummed because i thought it was going to be more yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. i thought it was going to be a moment was there anything you didn't know that you thought you might know or did you just want to connect to him a little bit in that moment connect yeah, yeah. I, I literally wanted like a moment of like and the only times that my, my dad and i ever had those um guy to guy moments are when something tragic happened in our lives or our family Hmm. And for some reason, it would bring out a story because yeah. he never really spilled stories. But unless, yeah. like somebody passed away or something bad happened, he would be sitting or out to eat or something and he would just, like open up something. And I'm like, how come you never fucking said that before? But yeah. is that because that's another generational thing of our yeah. parents. I don't know about yours, but like they don't they don't talk a lot about yeah. those things. And it's like when you start to learn more, you're like, oh, you had that, too. Like I in college. I used to have um, ocular migraines. I would mm-hmm. go blind in my left eye. Oh my god! Yeah, it was nuts. Mm-hmm. It was uh, it's you know it's but whatever. Anyway, I would have these like crazy panic attacks because of the ocular migraines because mm-hmm. I couldn't see. So I would go into full blown anxiety attack, <clears throat> and then like halfway through my healing from this and learning how to deal with it and all that stuff, mm-hmm. my mom was like, "Oh, I used to have." Those, I used to have that stuff all the and time. And she never told Yeah, I was like, before. what the fuck? That's fascinating. I was like, that would have been good to know when I told I you know. when this started happening. But I just feel like that generation just doesn't. No, that was like, I remember this family, friends of ours, like got a divorce. And my dad would go play ten- tennis with this guy every week. And and then he stopped playing tennis with them. And my mom was like, why You know, why aren't they playing tennis anymore? He's had a running game with the Friedmans or whatever. And so I guess she called his wife to like figure out because they would never dis- – my dad had nothing to say about why they didn't play tennis sure. anymore. I mean, he was just it talking just about rock. He was too dumb to explain. Like, we don't play tennis anymore. Yeah. That's all I'll say. Just, yeah. And then so it turns out like – well, a couple things. So apparently after the games, my dad was just like destroying the racket when he didn't win also. <laughs> Could the stakes be any lower than yeah. two Jews playing tennis at a local Y? Like who could give a <laughs> – Fuck. But apparently that's where like all my dad's emotions went. It was, oh, yeah. it was just 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 wrecking rackets. The YMCA holding your father up. <laughs> and Stan, I mean, I'm on his side. He's like, I've had enough of this shit, Howie. Yeah. You know? So he's breaking rackets. He, he had, was breaking but rackets. Did he have a temper with you guys? Not really. He would throw us sometimes, but usually like towards safety. It was like <laughs> sort of like a toss of some sort. I remember getting hurled a lot. I was Onto getting, a bed. Like, Onto yes, a bed on or a bed or a soft surface. Yeah, but if yeah. I was doing the middle of doing a bad thing, I would just feel my dumb, like, you know, body just getting up and like hurled through the air. <laughs> Ragdoll. So he, he threw his back out hurling um, uh, my brother once when we were at Hershey Park. And we had to like go to the... Or you know the hospital because he my mom's like he threw you his can't back throw him like you used to <laughs> yeah he was always throwing us the doctor he, knows he's like is from throwing the kid the kid is getting big you can't throw him anymore you can't you know? throw him the way you used to he would throw us and he would um he would just say some sort of jarring shit but he 
he had like a temper, but it wasn't really. It was just more spastic, like a spasm uh. kind of temper. You know, like those noises. I remember the noises they would make when he would like um, stub his toe, or like you know, if his team lost, were yeah. were really ha- haunting to me. You know, right. like the whole house would just Aah! like a weird, inhuman, <laughs> heinous sound. But he was more like. Um, Deeply embarrassing, like just uh, horrifying. You like, know, what, like, like what he would embarrass you often as a kid. Okay, so he was in this band called the Vomitones, and Sorry? Um, they were called the Vomitones. The Vomitones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so he thought there was nothing funnier than puking, and um, also the Queen of England. He thought there was nothing funnier than the Queen <sighs> and British royalty, and he would have these dreams where different civil rights leaders and blues musicians were puking on the queen and he would narrate them like if, as if he was like a sportscaster narrating like a baseball game and he would narrate them so loud that when I would have fucking a normal sleepover, my dad would be like, all right, all right this, is, this is looking good here. Guess who's going to puke in the queen's purse? Muddy waters during a very important ceremony. Got to give him seven points for that. Come on, he got some on her nose that she was holding the the, the, guy, the staff thing. That Who means something. Who is he something. doing this to? Himself? Himself. Fast oh, asleep wow. in the middle of weird, heinous, like snoring. He would be like narrating these strange vomiting dreams. <laughs> then the vomitones and like my friends could hear them. I just wanted like a normal dad that like smelled reasonable and didn't wear like a, you know, a vomitones hands across Uranus tour shirt that he would wear <laughs> to pick me up at school. Also, it wasn't a tour. They played like two dive bars in Michigan. Hey, that's a tour. That's a tour. <laughs> you would call that a that's tour. That's a tour. <laughs> Give the vomitones some credit. Yeah. They got paid. They went on the road, baby. They lived that life. At that point, he was like, he was like still a lawyer full time because he's working for the Department of Justice. He used to like, you know, prosecute weird hate crimes in the South. But and that's what he did full time. Yeah. Well, when he went to college, they were like, you know, he wanted to be a musician. He was in a band with actually one of the guys from like. I think it was the dead end after Hebrew school. They had a little band called the Twilights. It was like um, that's cuter than Robbie Krieger or something or Bill Kreitzman. I think was the Twilights. And then so he had these kind of was in in these sort of bigger bands for a little. But then the parents were like, "Are you going to be a doctor or a lawyer?" Which happens a lot in those Jewish families because yeah. they come from such obscene poverty. And so he's like, "I'll be a lawyer." And then my mom said he would just. They went to UCSB. That's where they met. My mom said he would just like lay out on the beach all day and play music, never studied like when he went to law school. Would wow. just And she said he would just spray his clothes with deodorant, just like a true pig. And then just like <laughs> jam at night and somehow. So he was very smart, but like, yeah. And then he played, he played with the Vomitones and then um, they played at our school on multicultural night. No. Apparently somebody said they were like representing Ghana. It was like Two Jews from Bethesda. Okay. There's no Ghana happening. What, what was the music? Uh... I think my dad probably just thought it was funny at the time to ah. say that two Jews in Bethesda were like somehow representing Ghana. Ghana. Guyanese. Yeah. I don't know how you, know how you say Guyanese that. Guyanese people. Yeah, Guyanese heritage. And so, and then they played Blue Moon and two of them mooned. This is like for parents and teachers, but still like everybody, it gets around that like half my dad's band mooned the whole school and multicultural day. Wait. <laughs> Drink. Yes. Too much. Pour that. Pour some of that rabbit hole in there. Which is the one that would? Which one won't harm me? Uh, all these are delicious. This one is finished. Which in is like a light one. Cap. Like I'm not. I I drink like dumb twat drinks. I can't have something. You else. like you like it if it's a little bit sweeter. Yes. Not too strong. Not like where it burns your throat. We'll just pour this in there and see and take a little tiny sip and see how you feel. Okay. See how you feel. What are you already drunk? Jesus Christ! <laughs> fucking spilling shit all over the place. What I find so fascinating about that is like. My parents, for what it's worth, are pretty like stiff—not stiff, but I mean, like that. At least you had an adventure. 
you know? Yes. Give they, it to me. I'll do it. Thank you. Yeah. I'm just I saw your eyes. Just and a it, pointless hole. It made me nervous. Yeah. <laughs> you made me nervous. Um, that's a lot. But I mean, take a sip. Is that a lot? Okay. No, no, no. It's not that much. I just mean, I want. I was going to pour a baby amount for you and see how you like it. Yeah. It's like a little sharp, but not as sharp as It's not that mine. sharp, right? No, it's not that bad. Because it's yeah. finished in a sherry. Ca- sherry. You know sherry? It is sweet. Yes. Sherry. These the, They'll put the whiskey and finish it in there. Mm. But I, what I was saying is like, my parents... I was the embarrassing thing. Like when you say really? like that your your dad embarrassed you. Well, cuz I would get in trouble. I would do dumb shit. What would shit you get in trouble kid. for? Uh, I mean, being disruptive. Mm-hmm. It was always like, Andrew, <laughs> what would you do? Well, I mean, I'd take over a class. I would take over a class. I would argue yeah. with the teacher and make fun of them. Um What would you argue with them about? I I was always a smart ass. If it was like anything <laughs> Okay, like I remember being uh you know, <laughs> I remember in in uh, um, in chemistry because mm-hmm. I didn't know I'm not good at chemistry. Very yeah. stupid. Are you a science and math girl? Or I no? was an emergency moron in school. Like okay. I wasn't good at anything. Just right, real dumb bad. As they come. Yeah, yeah, bad, bad, bad. But in chemistry, you know, I got into a full-on argument over why I think we should be allowed uh, to use experimental drugs. Uh, when we're doing some of these experiments, I'm like, well, tie dye, you know, like tie dye was obviously invented by people on drugs. And then I went to this big diatribe with my teacher about how like all good music was made through drugs. You couldn't make good music without drugs. Yeah. And that's chemistry. That's chemistry on the body. And of course, like at some point I'm just being rude and the whole class is now paying attention to me. Like I, it's all, it's my show, but it's not funny. It's just annoying. And the teacher said, like, fuck off. Yeah, I'm sure it was at the time. <laughs> it was but funny. it was me trying to, you know, I was just being a jerk off. I was just a stone. And we try to amuse off. yourself and just like derail things because you were probably restless and bored. So bored. Yeah. School was the most boring place on planet Violently Earth. boring. Shocking. It was just shockingly terrible. boring. I couldn't believe people could get through without, you know, like I had a um, uh, silence study class, you know, where it's like a study yeah, hall or whatever. Yeah. And I got kicked out. Every single fucking day for talking. What would you do? Would you like make fun of shit? Oh, yeah. And <clears throat> throw shit at people. It would start with something simple. <laughs> passing notes, throw? throwing shit, anything. <laughs> Calculators, whatever I had. I would see if I could throw something across throw. a room and get away with throwing it. Throwing thing is, is always funny. We dissected pigs in science class. And I was like, we have to throw them later. So we like kid them and threw them on the football field. You have later. to. It's you like, have to it, throw a field Being disruptive pig. was part of my... I tell you what I did one time. This was not... This got me in bad trouble. By the mm-hmm. way, this is before... Before what happens, to, before the bad stuff that goes on at schools today, like school mm-hmm. shootings. Yeah. <laughs> a, a buddy's brother, my buddy's brother had an air, airsoft gun, a BB gun, mm-hmm. but they look very real. Mm-hmm. And I brought it to school. And I brought it to school to give to another guy. <laughs> yeah. But on the bus, I jokingly waved it at a car on the road as we were heading to school. And so when the bus arrived at school, there were cops there because somebody called the cops. I mean, it says like the district and the number of the bus on it. So cops were there and they were like, is there a gun on the bus? This is before (laughs) all the bullshit of today. But I was and I was shitting my pants because I had the gun in there. And of course, the argument, this isn't mine. I'm holding it for someone else. It's like the the old school. Yeah. Okay. But you have. Why do you have it? Why do you have it? Well, that's because because I'm the idiot that's down to do shit like this. Did you get in trouble? Yeah, I got I got in deep little fucking shit. And my parents, yeah, my parents both had it. My mom had to come and uh, remove me from school grounds and the weapon. But they made it seem like I was 
Yeah, I mean, in that day, it wasn't that big a deal. It's no. a fucking BB gun. I remember a guy bringing a BB gun to to my high school. I but it, it was well, but it's like the time made for a more di- exciting day. We used to bring Whippet tra- tank. This Whippet tank. Oh to yeah, lunch. Whippet. Whippets were delightful. So good. So, <laughs> so much. Fun. I got. I got. I was in a public high school, but then it was just like. You know, I wasn't going to make it. It was like D's and F's and just emergency morons. Wasn't like they could make not. It. Actually, somebody in in we had a math tutor for me, and I found out later his name was Mr. File, and I found out later that he um, abused sexually abused a, a gaggle of girls. Mr. File. Tr- Mr. File was up to no good, first my name friend. Was I don't remember Petto? his first name. I wish was it Mr. Pedo? But he, I remember he he abused a lot of girls. My friend told me this recently. And I truly believe that he didn't um, – he wasn't attracted to me because I was just so dumb and he was exhausted <laughs> by me and annoyed with me. You were Because I remember being like, come on. That's not even the, the problem. It isn't hard yet. I'm just explaining the first part. Your teacher's like, Roxanne is pretty, but she's too dumb for me to even spend any time <laughs> Yeah. With. And I remember his wife – I do remember looking back. I was like, that's weird. His wife used to always come in the room a lot. But I think at a certain point she stopped because she was like, he's not into her. Like she infuriates him actually. Because <laughs> I was just too dumb. Too and dumb. then – Every year, just meetings about me. I remember once I was like in the middle math class and I was like, mm-hmm. wait, I'm not the lowest. There was many discussions in the family. They're like, but she's the lowest. She's the lowest though. She's, she's the you middle. heard all this too. You knew. Yes. Are your brother was... smart? Yes. Oh, what a bummer. I was a middle child. It was just never ending. Just like meetings, weeping about me, you know, <laughs> a lot of loud fights at night. You might, you know, my mom I talked about this on stage with my mom was like one night. My mom was like, she's not normal, Howard. Shit. <laughs> I remember being in my hallway, just like shaking, like listening to that, just realizing like slowly I was like, oh, I'm the problem of the problem. But I just couldn't stop. You were just bored. I was bored. Because you're smart. You are smart. Like I, I really you could bored. just by you could tell by the way you carry yourself. Obviously, you're intelligent. It's just we're I think school is not good for some people. It's yeah, really like hard. even to this day, when I smell a school, when I go into a school, uh-huh. when I go near a school, I just it brings me back to that traumatizing boredom and the smell itself i'm like now i have to like raise a kid and be in and out of a school like that was one of the things i was most scared of being a parent because i'm like who am i to enforce any of this and also i have to smell that smell again and again you know like i hope it's a very different experience for her but like i mean i really didn't like it at all and like i mean i had some fun like you yeah i had myself a few laughs but i was never not in summer school i had like a summer school dance that i would do (laughs) it's a complete dick face you and then were, they just like took me to this like little Quaker school that I thought I got into, but I found out later that it wasn't like that kind of thing. It was like a last resort school. Oh, yeah. It was almost like boarding school, but it was like a yeah. higher end version. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I got into that one, you know, like, and then they were like, no, it's like, I like read their description. It was just like. All all idiots welcome. Yeah. It's like yeah. where the troubled. Yeah. Where, where the yeah. trouble finds freedom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it was called Thornton Friends, but everybody called it Snorton Fiends because it was just like where everybody sent like the addicts and the problem kids and stuff. But but also then you developed some great relationships over there, right? I mean, yeah, Thornton was pretty fun. It was like sixty kids in the whole school, and we had you know we'd do some whippets at lunch, and um, it was pretty. Is know, that when you started getting into stuff? Did you do drugs back then? I did drugs. I did acid, and I did whippets a lot. I've never liked pot that much. It, it accentuates every quality I've been trying to like avoid. I feel like, like anxiety my whole life. and yes. paranoia. Yeah, yeah. It's not a good like. It doesn't hit for drug. some people. It does not. Yeah, hit. I had to be like at home in a very controlled situation sure. for a pot. But um, we would drink and do stuff. I don't think I have like a super addictive personality, but I like. Yeah, I like 
But I did do coke and was like, this is delightful. I have to stop doing this. <laughs> yeah. I remember doing coke that in my early anybody. 20s. And I was like, oh, this is this is marvelous. I can I'll do this all the time stop. forever. Yeah. 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 I, I remember I was like, I have to not do this because it was so, so fun. Just such a delight. But you but you say when you say you don't have an addictive personality, it's funny because I feel like most comics I know do have an addictive personality. But it doesn't always find itself in substance. Like That's probably a more accurate description. Every comic yes. I know is an addict of a, th- a something, whether it's yeah. you know, the attention or money or fame or uh, you know, or literal substances too. But like as I've gotten older, the more comics that I meet and have seen grow through the years, the more I'm like, "Oh, we're all just we're all addicts of something." We're yeah, all- you're right. It's funny you say that actually cuz Somebody said that to me recently because I, 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 I would say my addiction probably – somebody was like, you're addicted to people's – other people's problems because that's definitely like what I'm addicted to. That's yeah, a dangerous yeah. one too. Yeah. Like good. do you feel like you need to fix friends, fix friends all the time? Oh, like everyone. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's what a good. burden to bear. Why? Like, but it makes you feel good because you think I can save this whole thing. Well, yeah. I mean if you – like I I'm, was watching like an old video of my friend of me at this birthday party and it's tragic. First of all – my dad gave us like $7 for a birthday party and he'd be like, he had this weird, a lot of weird expressions and he'd be like, there's nothing you can't get for seven fifty. Well, there's a lot you can't get for seven fifty. like normal friendships <laughs> because I bring like colored pencils to a fucking birthday party. So I bring my p- colored pencils and I could see this kid opening the next gift and like looking for the other part of it. And I was just like, that's, that's it. it. Yeah. And then I remember. Or you I, have to lie and be like, oh, where is it? Oh, oh is it gone? We'll get it. We'll get you a new one. I mean, like he was like violently cheap. Like it wasn't good, you know. So, what, but he, but he was successful though, right? He was a government lawyer, and so, and then he, you know, he worked for the Department of Justice, and they sure. prosecute a lot of like Klan cases. You know, we play say it like shitty hotels and reinforced Brown versus Board of Education before we were born in the seventies, and then he yeah. was doing, you know, that kind of stuff, Klan cases and murders. He was a federal prosecutor, but it was like government money. What's and my mom's cl- a what, social. What worker. kind of Klan cases? He would prosecute cross burnings and shit like that that was still happening in the oh. 80s yeah he would go down him and you know he had like a black partner and they would go and a lot of places were still really not they weren't really integrated and so right. he would go and make sure they were doing the right things Some in were school still and stuff like that yeah way, <laughs> yeah i know i'm like teaching you something i have no information no but yeah. but it, no but i'm that's fast i mean that's fascinating to me because i imagine you know look he yeah he's doing one of those lawyer jobs that's like a lawyer for the truly for the people that's mm-hmm. definitely not for the cash Mm-mm. that's like for the vibe that's like i i think i want to do right i actually want to do right you know yeah i think he, they they're both like that they're both very like and she's social worker social worker she's so my mom when she married my dad she was so they knew each other 2 months they got married she um i think she wanted <clears throat> she majored in sorry black studies with a minor in African history. That was your mom's? My mom, yeah. At, at, at uh, UCSB. Yes. And no, African history with a minor in black studies. And as she says it, she goes, I was first going to major in uh, black studies, but this marvelous man, Jabari, took me aside and he said, that's not your place, Karen. And so I switched my major. I'm like, but there was one conversation. That's my mom's like that where it's like, it's almost racist. I'm like, there was just one guy's perspective. Yeah. Well, Anything knew. anyone that's like beige or darker set, she just holds up. She's like, and then I changed my entire life. And like that guy could have been like separately just a random dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't like tell somebody what they could major in. But my mom's like, well, it's tread lightly, Rachel. You know, <laughs> so everybody's like apologize for if they're, you know, like she's yeah. a bleeding heart. Like just she's the epitome of the bleeding heart. Epitome. Yeah. And is your dad on the same line? 
My dad is like more. He, or he just likes justice. Yeah, he's like into justice. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's like he's like uh, kind of like you were describing about how you would like argue why something's bullshit. That's a little more like my dad's angle. He's not as like precious and careful with like language and stuff. Like he, right. he. Yeah, I mean, he says things that you can never say. I, I can't believe that he's, like, able to be a professor. Andrew, the stuff that he says to pe- in classes, I'm like, he's only getting away with it because he's in, like, community college. He teaches now, like, civil okay. rights. I got a message on Instagram, and um, this girl was like, oh, I took your dad's class. It was less of a class and more of just, like, an experiment in what you could possibly get away with saying in front of a class. <laughs> I was like, what did he say? But, like, my dad doesn't know. Like, his heart comes from the right place. Yeah. But, like... He's just a jackass and he likes joking around. So apparently like there was I, – I said to her I, – I wrote back and forth with this girl and I was like, can we have a Zoom, me and my brother? Because we want to know. Like I told my brother, he's like, set up a call with this girl and let's hear what dad said to her. Like I need to know each of it, each detail. So I was like, do you have any time on Thursday? And so we get on the Zoom with her and she's like, well, apparently she said in the beginning of the class there was a lot of – like there's one kid that was real anxious about you know whether he was going to get – enrolled for the next semester and it was annoying my dad you know and he kept asking about he's like well well mr Pfizer, what if we get our papers in and then we don't and then we don't get it in on time and then when i can't come back to school and he's like well miles then you just kill yourself then you kill yourself (laughs) yes dad Dad. you can't say that no in here we pour whiskey hey do you have unwanted subscriptions stuff that you're like why am i paying for that how long have i been paying for that i had that and boy oh boy was it a stupid, a huge waste of money. That's why I want to tell you about Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. All in one place. It's incredible. Over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, myself included. I'm sure it's you too. Uh, like that streaming service you bought to watch just one stupid show on. All right, it was one show on Disney+. Plus. I never wanted to watch anything else again. Just... Mulan, uh, or that free trial that you uh, never even used. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you. You can stop paying for the ones that you don't want. It's incredible. The average person saves about $720 a year. Your boy saved, I think it was $300 in subscriptions that I was uh, I was pawning off money to for no reason. I got tricked. I got duped. I got bamboozled, and I did not like it. If you are somebody who has subscriptions, I promise you there are ones that you are not using, you don't know about, and you're probably paying for over 3 million people have used Rocket Money, saving the average person 720 like I said. you got to try it. You have to use it. If you're someone that's a subscription-based person, which we all are now, try it out and see if it can help you clear up your subscription services and lower your bills and monthly payments for life. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses in the easiest way by going to rocketmoney.com slash whiskey. That's rocketmoney.com slash whiskey. Rocketmoney.com slash whiskey. Everybody wants a better sex life. Everybody wants to have better sex, longer sex, more fun sex, more intimate sex, more passionate sex. And I got to tell you, 50% of men have symptoms that get in the way of wanting to enjoy sex the way that they want to. All right? Everybody got a problem. Everybody got something, especially as we get older. You're not alone. Roman is here to help, dude. Roman is the digital health clinic for men, addressing a variety of sexual health needs and offering genuine medication that helps achieve and maintain a strong erection. Strong like bull, get that blood flowing. Roman offers discreet wipes that help you last four times longer in bed. Look, if you're quick with the trigger, you're quick on the pull, it comes out fast, 
Roman's got you covered with these wipes. It's incredible. In men with low T, getting testosterone levels back to normal can help you increase your libido. Huh? Huh? Get back to that. Get back to that hip movement like the old days when you was a kid. Uh, Roman offers a testosterone test, which includes lab processing. And if it's appropriate for you, treatment for low testosterone is available. At Roman, there are no waiting rooms, no hassle. It's not uncomfortable. Straightforward digital experience from the comfort of your home. No one's got to know what you're up to. And your neighbor doesn't need to know that you're getting Roman because it comes in a discreet package to your front door with free two-day shipping. If medication uh, or testing is appropriate, Roman will send it directly to your door. Uh, it's so simple to do. To learn more about how you can achieve your personal sexual health goals, last longer, feel better, get healthier, go to ro.co slash whiskey. That's ro.co slash whiskey. Do it today to get 20% off your entire first order. That's ro.co slash whiskey. Ginger. I like gingers. Yeah, and then everybody was just in shock. But that was my dad. Like, he didn't know where you could say certain things. He was too smart that I think a problem sometimes with intelligence and, and humor mm-hmm. is that they assume everyone's smart enough to get their facetiousness or their like exaggerations yes and so smart people oftentimes they'll say jokes where you're like no one's thinking that that's your that's you <laughs> that's your line of thought no one else's and I, I like i've seen this before with friends that are like like comics and stuff no because no comics are that smart yeah you're right <laughs> i Good think point. if they were they get a real job yeah no but i mean like friends that are very intellectual um sometimes they're what they think is funny, they assume everybody will also understand. Mm-hmm. Where we're comics, we're enough common of a common person where our goal is I'm I'm going to write something that's broad enough where almost everybody could understand it, but it's a perspective that almost none of you took. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how mm-hmm. I feel comedy. Mm-hmm. But when friends of mine that are successful and actually actually like high intellects, sometimes they'll their jokes fall very flat or they don't get it. They're like, you know, I, I was. I didn't mean I don't mean it like that and you're like I know but the way your brain puts it together nobody else thinks like that yeah because you're in a different plane where I think we're still low enough to the earth you know uh, particularly you and me if we're yeah truly because I'm a fucking I went to Arizona State I'm I am not a bright person oh me neither you know when they pass around like a clip it'll be like some bimbo that couldn't answer a question I'm like I would not know the answer to that yeah no Jeopardy there's like yeah alarming I've been watching Jeopardy for 40 years I've never gotten one answer right me neither (laughs) that's my worst fear it's like a game of impromptu trivia like where everybody will find out I think I get credit for being smart because I'm sarcastic and Jewish but I have like very little information yeah we're good at um uh I think comics because we're fun and funny and comedy is witty and it does take brains um, we're good at posturing like very smart people, which is why mm-hmm. I think a lot of comics hold themselves on high and pretend to be uh, more noble than they are. But at yes, the end of the day, there's a lot of guys like that. I know what you mean. That's, like, I yeah. don't like that. I don't, I like, don't like, the, like it either. Like I'm telling you something. Yeah, like, don't like teach me. Beat it. Yeah, beat it. <laughs> beat it, nerd. Yeah. Burn the road. <laughs> beat it, nerd. Yeah. But I think that your dad, I get that. That like, I've seen that where somebody. I think he's just so smart that he thinks, of course, everybody will get that I'm kidding. I don't want that kid to kill himself. It's like, yes, yeah, but you can't. That's not how. Dad, it works. you can't and, yeah, say that. You can't say Miles. Well, then you just kill yourself. But also, <laughs> I agree with your dad, Miles. Just go fucking kill <laughs> yourself, already, you idiot. It's amazing <laughs> that he said that on a college campus. Well, Miles, then you kill yourself. But he does. Yeah, he doesn't know. But I also think there's a social something's missing. My dad's like probably spectrum. on the spectrum. Yeah, yeah. like he. 
he writes, he has a really good friend that was in the Vomitones. And they. <laughs> Do, did they make shirts, the Vomitones? <laughs> I, I don't you got to get me a Vomitone do. shirt, please. I'm, I'm honest. I, oh, speaking I, of which, let me give you a shirt. I did bring you this shirt. That's my home team. I already saw it. Really? The fucking greatest of all time. Yes. Oh, good. Chicago Bulls, baby. This is so fucking cool. Oh, this is so, so glad sweet you of like you it. to do this. I do love the Bulls so so very much. They're fucking Chicago sports teams in general are heartbreaking me so bad right now. But I will wear this with a oh, lot good. of pride. I'm so glad. Thank you. That's so I'm fucking so, so thoughtful. And also get me a vomitone shirt, please. I will. I will do that for you. Because if your dad has one, I look. I like. I know it's. Grass is always greener, but my parents never had any of those kind of stories. Like for me, it's like my dad worked his whole life. He fucking retired and that's it. Mm -hmm. There was no like, for lack of a better pun, no, like jazz. Your dad had a lot of jazz in his life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But like, I, I, we never had that. Like it was, yeah. it, it was Did like, you guys have, do they fight at your house? No, no, definitely. Was, that's I, not healthy either. Our, that was our, our house. It was like simmering hostile, but nobody really said anything. Like, no, we didn't have, <clears throat> no, not a lot of fighting. I mean, a couple of like, um, there was a couple moments of blow ups where I've seen my parents not speak to each other for like two days mm -hmm. and like they need to just operate. They function in the home, mm -hmm. but they do not speak because one of them hurt the other one's feelings. Yeah. And that. Do you think that's good or bad? I'm sure there's a more mature way to, or the, I, I'm sure yeah. a therapist would say there's a better way to deal with it, but mm -hmm. it always kind of worked out for the best. And like, like yeah. when me and my dad butt heads, mm -hmm. when we fight, it's inevitable. It's the same pattern. We're mm -hmm. both kind of passionate, strong-headed people, so we'll fight about something. Um, we will, we will not speak about the fight itself, mm -hmm. and then a day or two later, it'll manifest in one of us emotionally apologizing for the behavior. That's cool. It takes a minute. Yeah, kind of sweet. <clears throat> yeah, it, but I but almost always there is like a the reckoning happens. It just I'm that way in real life. I need to walk away from stuff. I don't if I get into a fight like with my wife. If I get, if we get into an argument, I know I need to just stop and walk away. Yeah, because like it. I don't let things like. Do you guys? Do you guys? When you fight, did he just hit you with a fucking fire hose or an axe? He's got that laying around me right across the face. <laughs> You shut the fuck, fuck up. up. <laughs> you know what you are? You're a dumb bitch. By the way, I saw a video property. you posted of you guys. Yeah. I think it was him giving, it was trivia, right? He was giving right? me like fire trivia. Fire That's what trivia. he does all day. Anyway. Oh, I yeah. love that so much, man. He reads, when he's not at the firehouse, he just reads books about other fires and tries to quiz me on it. What a hot guy. Yeah, he'll be like, how about this one? Triangle fire? And I'm like, no, I'm not doing this. He wanted to take me to watch a fire. Like he was like, there's a fire down the street. Gorgeous fucking 1075. You gotta go. Like, we gotta go. The whole place like, is lit you up. You go watch a fire. Like it's like, we're gonna pull a lawn chair up to a fire. Like it's Shakespeare in the park, you wild dick. No, they love the fires. That's yeah, all he do. wants to talk about and think about. Yeah. But I mean, that's how fun though, that he actually like enjoys the, his gig. They love being firemen. They're like the happiest workers. Well, because they, you, because yeah. you as a comic love your profession, how awesome you get to do the thing you like. Yeah. It's hard when two pe when people in a relationship when one of them is very successful it's really hard. and is doing well yeah. and then the other person hates their fucking gig. That was my ex. He hated my job. Yeah, hated it. Hated it. Hated it. Like he told me finally. He's just like he took me out to dinner and he goes, and he goes. <clears throat> Sam Morell still says this to me because he thinks it's so funny. Uh, he's he goes. You're not going to do stand up for the rest of your life, right? Like and he kind of like you know gave me like a face rake and he thought oh we were going to like have some chicken and that would be the end of it. Yeah. <laughs> And he wanted me, and he goes, he just wanted me to be home cooking more. And, like, I cook, but I can't cook every night. Like, I cook sometimes, you know? Like, sure. And I feel like I'm very, like, 
you know, I'm very affectionate and I like, you know, like to do a lot of things for whoever I'm with, but like, I can't be home cooking every night. His family was weeping about this. They'd be like, Pavlik comes home. There is nothing on the table. <laughs> nothing. Like, they were frantic, weeping. Like, look what she's doing to him. Like, he was yeah. just going to bang a potato on his head. Like, he literally would just come home and wouldn't be able to feed himself. Like, what I was would he do? fucking him over yeah. because I wasn't home. So he was, like, really just, yeah. And and with, I will say, he's almost like an accidental feminist, my husband, because he didn't care if I changed my name. He has probably the least jealous person to a point that it's a little. It's concerning. It's concerning. Get a yeah, little I'd jealous. have to be missing for weeks before he would look for me, you know? Babe, where you been? <laughs> a like, solid I've been for two three weeks. months. Yeah. yeah. Well, fucking, I've been on the road for, for doing shows. All right. Are you coming? Are you coming back? I think that, <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, maybe he's just, uh, it works with so our lifestyle secure. to some degree, but like, but yeah, it is a little bit like, like one of this, one of the other firemen at his firehouse, like one time call me, we were all out drinking, um, early on when we were dating and, uh, he he was like, listen, I, he had this captain ceremony. He was going to be promoted to be a cap, a cap they call it. Yeah, they call it getting made in New getting York. Made. Yeah. So we were only dating for like a month and a half. So I hadn't met his family yet. Maybe it was like a month. So I was going to go to this captain's ceremony. And he was like, you could sit with like Steve and Dave and these guys. And they're going to like, you know, take care of you with the ceremony. And then we're going out after, you know. Right. So um, I wasn't like sitting down with him at the front. And so um, he gave, gives me their numbers. It's almost like a porn. Like, it's like, I don't know, maybe I'm just sick that I was just like, it's kind of hot. Like, there's these guys that are supposed to take care of me for the evening. Yeah, they're going to take care of me. Yeah, because like no one's ever been like like protective of me like that. Like, nobody's ever like like tucked me in a car and like referred to me as precious cargo. Most guys are like, you, you good? You know, like, so I was like, oh, walk nice. it off. Yeah, that's See my husband. Tomorrow. Like, he yeah. would never. Yeah, he doesn't know very basic things you're supposed to do like that. Sure. So. So he has these firemen that are supposed to, like, watch over the Kips, you know, girl or whatever. So mm -hmm. I was into all of that. I was like, that works for me. So then we, we, we all went out to this bar after. So we all, whatever, get drunk. Um, things get very gay very fast with a lot of the firemen. I've uh, noticed they kept chasing my husband around trying to kiss him ironically. They're yeah. like, come on, one fucking kiss. It's you hilarious. Know? Open your mouth. This yeah. is funny. <laughs> Exactly. Stop being weird. We do this. This is our thing. Well, there's it's it's a bunch of guys that live in a house that that for the most part, oftentimes are just together for hours and hours and hours on end. Yeah, finding shit to do because you have to sit in that fucking firehouse. You just sit there. So, yeah. yeah, some gay shit's gonna break so out. You're gonna once make in a while. love yeah. sometimes. Sometimes, sometimes you're gonna make love. Sometimes you're gonna fuck the cap. That just happens. And then, well, actually, one of the other firemen was at this other firehouse, and he was complaining to my husband that he's like, you know, it's a good firehouse, but they just play so much gay porn, and it gets in my head, and it fucks in my head a little bit. Like, Wait a second, they're blasting gay porn at the firehouse. Oh, come on, yeah, you know what guys do. He said they just blast it in the kitchen. He's like, I can't study. He's just like this lovely guy, like not at all like them, like Mary kind of early you know yeah. just and he's just like i just wanted to play less porn and my husband was trying to like help him find a way to like bring it up to his boss that he doesn't want to just have like hours and hours of right. gay shocking levels of probably like really intense porn playing while he's having breakfast or like waffles in the morning i think it is a good it's a good bit though it's a very <laughs> it funny bit funny, yeah. it's a funny bit <laughs> they're all well, fun it's so there's so much yeah. guy, it's so much guy masculine energy in those places that yeah. like and they're again trapped inside of a place together mm -hmm. of course they're going to do weirdo shit you're going to get too close for comfort it's the same thing happens oftentimes like the military when you get so bunked up with someone and you know yeah. friends that I know like it gets uh, it gets homoerotic sometimes because it's like you're with certain people so much all the time I know yeah I do find it something I find it a little strange that they would chase that they kept chasing him around trying to kiss him but 
I, I do strangely like it when the guys are like on the sidelines of like a sports game and they smack each other's asses. For some reason, I do find that sort of pleasing. You like that? I like that. But you don't, but sports to you has zero interest in your life. I love, I loved when I was growing up watching Inside the NBA. I just thought there was nothing funnier than watching just like Shaq and those guys just trash each other. I mean, that is So the best. I love all the theater around sports. Sure. Of the shit talking fascinated right. me right that show is fucking hilarious it's like, amazing Shaq is so so fucking funny so funny Shaq and Barkley together is like the greatest common it's like a great one-two punch I know yeah and see then that you, you're right yeah. it is theater you're, it, that is definitely the theater of yeah. sports is all the bullshit surrounding it but the game yeah. itself you're like I don't fucking well I I have to have it re-explained to me I'm a little ADD I like going to see basketball I go yeah. to watch basketball with like Sam sometimes I like to go watch the Knicks with Sam because he's so into it and he explains it to me some guys don't have the time they right. they don't want to explain something but Sam cares Sam cares Sam definitely fucking because he's cares. still an analytical Jew so yes. Sam's texts to me are hilarious because he'll send me like some long thing like I think I have a lot of anger you know at my parents still and then it'll be like 90s Knicks classic moment you know like great <laughs> Phil Jackson at his best right here I'm like there's he obviously just obviously doesn't know that like I don't understand a lot of it but it'll just yeah. be like some deep kind of like emotional thing he's struggling with therapy mm-hmm. and be like gotta love this right here triangle defense and I'm like I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> but I love I, basketball's fun to me and I love yeah. being at a basketball game and I like like learning about it but I don't know very much about it so when I was doing I did that show with Shaq uh, co-hosting this thing with Shaq and um. My brothers gave me – Jewish men love the NBA because, like, everything they're not. These, like, nebbishy Jewish guys are obsessed with NBA. Yeah. So they had this long – the commissioners are always Jewish, by the way. I didn't realize that. Yeah? Yeah. I guess, yeah. yeah they're big basketball fans. Big basketball fans. So they fans. gave me a long, detailed question to ask Shaq, you know, like, that was, like, shockingly insightful, I'm sure. Right. And my brothers made me memorize it. Like, I would keep saying it again and again. What is it? I don't know it at all. I couldn't remember. <laughs> Fuck. It was like this long question. And I thought like when I said it, he'd be like shocked, but he didn't really miss a beat. He's like, yeah, good question. Like he just right away answered it. Assume that you came up with it. Yes. Yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. And he would let me text Barkley like weird texts. Like I would text Barkley like, I feel like we don't do enough together. Like, you know, like <laughs> from I mean, his phone. Yes. From Shaq's oh, that's phone. so fucking I'd be like, cool. I want to go to Pottery Bar with you. I feel like you don't put enough <laughs> into this relationship. And Barkley wrote back, I'd rather get a pedicure with Dwight Howard. That is so <laughs> fucking amazing? funny. They oh would, my God. <laughs> and then we would go out. Shaq was so satisfying because he's exactly what you want him to be. He was everything that he was on the show. And growing up, I was a big Shaq fan, but from that yeah. show. Yeah. Because that show, they were fucking like comics, you know? Yeah. Like Barkley would wear those white tube socks and Shaq would be like, why are you wearing tube why socks? You, yeah. tell, just tell me why you got You're those dumb. stupid ass. <laughs> like big Shaq. dumb head. Yeah. <laughs> I just loved him mo- yeah, mocking him. Good. Mocking him was so good. By the way, how fascinating that you got to like buddy up with become buddies with Shaq of all the NBA players so fine. he might be the most personable of all time who's like there's a documentary out right now I think it was on is it HBO I don't know he has a sh- documentary out about his life mm-hmm. but like I I already love the guy and then yeah. I watch that and you're like well fuck me I like him so much more now yeah. just cause you he always kind of did um, he always took the he always did the right thing, so to speak. Uh, that mm-hmm. phrase is kind of corny, but like no, but it's true. But he He's really a really did ethical, lovely person. Yeah, like he got a shoe. De- he wanted a shoe deal. Yeah. I got a shoe deal. I mean, and then I guess some guy in the street had. A, I'm going to fuck up the story, but someone had said, you know, you know, who the fuck do you think you who are getting off charging X Y Z for your shoes? Yeah, I can't buy my kid those fucking shoes. Mm-hmm. And Shaq was like, I respected the guy checking me like that so much that he was like, well, how much are they? You know. Then when he found out what the shoe was selling for, he's like, "Oh, I can't. That I can't, my shoe should be available for like every kid to be able to buy." Yeah. So he then he did his own shoe, so it was cheap enough. They manufactured it cheap enough so that you know, 
kids in his in his words like kids in the hood could buy them instead of just rich kids i didn't know that that's really lovely it's a very shack that that to me that sums up who shack is he's one of those guys where you're like oh he really did want to always do the right thing instead of just like well, fuck those kids give me the money yeah you know? i felt like that that he was like it was very satisfying to see that in person he was just like and he would talk to anybody anybody could stop yeah. him on the street and he just stopped and be like what do you want what should we do like so so yeah. fucking dauntingly big too to have he's a gentle giant i'm sure he would fucking murder anybody that crossed him yeah there was this guy that, that when the showrunner would piss him off or when he would ask him to do something Shaq didn't want to do he'd be like i'm gonna put you in a baby hole greg he'd be like, i'm gonna put you in a baby hole <laughs> That was his threat to him. He's like, I'm going to hold you like an infant. And then he would pick him up and sort of gently rock him. This grown man that was like, (laughs) yes. And he was like, the all of a sudden he was like his authority on the set. But that is any man's body next to Shaq is just pointless. It renders any other man's body. Yeah. He looked like a fool. I interviewed him one time out here for Comedy Central. It was one of those roasts. It was a roast, Uh but it was like a... I was doing like the red carpet, you know, mm-hmm. they sent me out there looking like a fucking moron. And I was like asking very famous people. It was funny to be on the roast carpet, uh, host roasting, hosting. Yeah. And then comics that I would know, known personally who are like, you know, more famous, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there is such an ego check down that they're like, what really? are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm fucking hosting on the red carpet thing. And they're like, oh, cool. Yeah. It's almost cause you know, I, yeah. It's Can like, you explain um, that? well, it's like, um, you know, imagine doing a show with another comic, then going to a restaurant the next day and they're serving. That's kind of what it felt like. To yes. Me. Yeah. Like I had to serve. Yeah. Where they were like, yeah. oh, how's the, how's the burger here? It's like, it's great. I'll be right back. Take your order. Right. It yeah. felt like it, there are those moments in your comedy career that um, check your ego. I mean, I, don't, I didn't care, but. No, all the time. Like with Amy, whenever I'm anywhere with Schumer, they'll just like pile their coats on me and just be like, how's her Thursday? Like, like you're a coat girl, right? <laughs> yeah. But I mean that it's funny. It just isn't, it's a weird and it's, there's no good way out of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You just kind of like take the hit, so to speak. I, I, I you know. What's I interesting know. to me is like a few people have mentioned to me that you like have said like, oh, I, I'm like, you'll pass on certain things. Oh, and yeah. I'm like, that's so cool. Sometimes, yeah. I'm like, oh, you just decide that's not something that's for me. See, I make those declarations, but then somebody asks me, and I'm like, oh my god, somebody, I have to do it. You know, right. like, I was like, oh, that's cool. I think that that is an important thing I have to learn how to do. I'm trying to get better. <clears throat> I'm that's tr- cool. I'm, you know, we have to find balance, I guess, a little bit. Like we're all going to be spread so thin. Like I'm interested. Like you've got having a kid and being a touring comedian, because it's not like you having a kid is going to stop your career. Um, but the balance now changes. It's just it's just a different shift of the scales. So now, like, when you go on the road, you have to come mm-hmm. back more, I'm sure. Or be more conscious of the time. We bring we bring her a lot. I mean... You do. She goes with you. A lot of the times. That's but she just so turned two, cool. so she can't come as much. But my husband works half of the week at the fire department. So half the week, I'm like a single mom when he's overnight at the firehouse. It's right. just me and Frankie. And then when I what go a, what away... What a name, by the way, Frankie. Oh, you like the name Frankie. So fucking great. She's so Because they do... Because, right, they do, like... Uh, the shifts are days on 24 hours sometimes so a lot of times I'm on my own and then but they both used to come and we would go as a family you know and so he'd be like where are we going you know and he would just go wherever that's cool interesting no interest in the actual show but he's like what's the green room like he always asked me about the green room he said he was going to do a fireman's review of green rooms I'm like there's a real supply and demand issue who's asking for that book (laughs) and he also like he doesn't know quite what comics say to each other in the green room so like he'll be in the green room with me and like somebody's featuring and he goes I just heard my husband go, so how much time do you have? And I'm like, no, like, no, you can't have. <laughs> he doesn't and the know. The feature's like, um, looking at you out of the corner of their eye, like, as much time <laughs> as, uh, as they need. 
I'll, I'll be just of service. I'm like, you can't say that. He's like, what? It's a good question, right? Like, how much time they have? I like, want to know. <laughs> but so now, do you got, like, are you going to tour again next year? Like, at the beginning of next year? Are you going to take I mean, time my now? goal really is, like, it does affect your life. I don't really know what's going to happen next, honestly. Like, when I was pregnant, I had this pilot with um, Bill Lawrence, who's now doing, we like, know. Ted Lasso and stuff. Yeah. And, and that was, like, around my life and stuff. And we were writing it for Fox, and it was kind of about, like, my life being and a lot of my act now just being right. like you know in this because in the firehouse this jew comic in this firehouse wife world and, which is very insulated in new york it's like all the women named gina there's like a whole fucking thing right, and now right, there's right. gonna be a chief like i'm always in staten island like a fdmy dinner dance or whatever wow. so it's kind of about that and my family and everything but then i said i was pregnant and then everybody was just kind of like then they can't shoot around that so then they were like well bill's super cool he was yeah. like oh we'll just I know her really well. She wants the script. It's in great shape. We'll just order it after you have the baby. Like they kind of gave her like a you know a handshake. Right. But it was hard because I was like, I when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, oh, I can't. I don't want to. Do I tell them? Do I not? You know what I mean? But what a weird fear that women have to have though, because they're like, oh, it's going to shape the way I do my. They think I do my job or. Yeah, I was like just dressing like a district attorney and wearing like a lot of like B. Arthur. I didn't tell anybody till like way too. Like it was like people were like, we know. Yeah. People are like you're, you're pregnant, you're right? Pregnant. You're like, what? <laughs> I am. But it was hard. It was hard because then and then COVID happened and so then they didn't order and I if I hadn't told them, which I often run through in my mind, but I try not to do that because I guess. I you know, you're where you're supposed to do, yeah. but be or whatever. But I'm like, oh, if I didn't tell them, then they would have gotten the order and we could have just shot it after. But I wanted to tell them. But it's a very tricky thing. You know, right. like I, I I, don't, I feel like right now I would love to start playing theaters, um, sell another show around that or or get to make something else with my friends um, and just go out a little bit less. But I don't know how to like navigate it and I'm trying to figure it out. You know, it's, it's yeah. not easy. I feel like... Um, but I don't want to stop and I don't think like or slow down really. I'm hoping I can get to a point of success where I can bring a nanny and sure and find the right combination of things. But it's it's tricky, you know. And also I can't I never did move out here because they can't FDNY can't move to LA. It's it, strangely enough, even if you're a ch- gonna be a chief, it's like very high up in the fire department, but they can't transfer. He could become a private firefighter if i got a show out here what is even i don't even know what that is that's like kendall kardashian's firefighter like they could just buy oh, a shit. firefighter oh yeah you work for a per- right <laughs> just like work for some yeah. for like kendall this is our firefighter <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny it's ludicrous it's our maid our nanny our firefighter <laughs> of course so wrong the rest of the people just burn yeah everybody <laughs> else will die in our neighborhood but he fights for us and i found that out i was like you could be kendall's firefighter you i didn't know, know that that was that was a real thing it's a real thing holy fuck it's fucked up so strange but I mean, I'm not going to move to L. I mean, I'm going to, we're going to keep living in New York, but I don't know how I'm going to figure it out. Like, I don't, I, I worry about it a lot, you know, you all do. the time. Yeah, I yeah, know. for sure. There's a lot of guilt, you know, like you always want to obsess about every little thing. I mean, she's very happy and funny. And, you know, my therapist tells me it's just about, it's more about the quality and not like, you know, if True. you have to go away for two days, she's not going to remember that, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's just, there's, I bring them all, I hope I can get where I could bring them all more, you know, and, and, right. and figure it all out. But it's, it's like really tricky. You know? It's a ba- That's for sure. A delicate balance. I mean, I, I, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't have the problem yet. Not the problem, but I don't have that thing to deal with. But I think about that when like <clears throat> friends are, you know, so many friends are all married now and some of them are having kids that are in the comedy world. And it's the balance of, you know, how do you do that? Do yeah. you bring them family on the road or Not- do you just do less dates and do it more specifically and get fat, you know, or, 
just be like Seinfeld, dude. Just take a jet home every night. Just take a <laughs> private jet. That's why I do want to get to the point where it's like, if I if I'm if I'm at a, the next kind of, I don't you know like not like crazy, you know, fame, but just the next level of um, being able to do some show with my friends. It's really fun where yeah. I can bring a nanny and have a little more help. Like this week, I was going to bring Frankie and Pete, but but then Pete got hurt in a fire, and then we had to have he's on medical leave. He's fine, but he just like hurt his shoulder. Oh shit! So he's on medical leave. He has to go to PT. So otherwise, I could. Br- you know, if I had a full time nanny, I could bring her and totally. Frankie. But it just we decided like it's, and she's fine. But I like Facetime obsessively and feel so guilty when I'm away for a couple you days. Yeah, you shouldn't. I because, had to let go of it yeah. because I, I mean, do you have a good memory? Like I don't remember shit from my childhood no. except for the moments that were fun. I don't remember like yeah. I don't. I don't. There was no moment of like, oh, my mom was at work that time. It's like I don't fucking remember. My that. mom was like a workaholic too. Also, like a lot of other people I know travel even more. Like my brother's wife, you know, she goes all over the world. She works for EPA. There's something disgusting about going away to be a comedian. Just like to go, just say a few foul. I'm gonna go say foul, <laughs> unspeakable things on stage. Yeah. And my daughter's far away from me right now, so that feels just like inherently wrong somehow. Mommy's got to go <laughs> earn money talking about dicks in Iowa. I'll be I know, back. It's in disgusting. Two days. Yeah. It is weird it's, it's disgusting it's just a weird fucking it's a weird gig i feel jealous of those normal couples all the time like even when i when i went through that breakup and i was like on the road and stuff i remember this couple like they were like on their date night and i was like i feel like i bring those couples closer together like they watch me for like a raunchy evening and they're like she's great for like you know one disgusting night but i don't really <laughs> feel like a prostitute yes i feel like yeah, but I don't appreciate we're verbal the... prostitutes yeah. yeah we are selling yeah. our our mouth and our brains for other people to... yeah we get up there it's gangrenous but you know what it really is and then he rubs his wife's knee a little he's like i don't appreciate diane enough like i've got a good lady yeah home, i don't have this you know? scumbag this bitch. vile pig <laughs> who was fun for a night no you know what I, here's the other way let's i'll flip the coin on you i need that you do i i said this to someone the other day 360 million people or whatever in the states right you're you're think about you're part of a collective what what what, what might there be 500 professional working comedians in the united states mm-hmm. and that's i think that's a padded number it's probably less than that mm-hmm. but think about that statistically on a scale not to like suck our own dicks on the podcast but we're gonna but i just Please. feel like it's a super rare thing that we get to do and we get jealous of the, the the typical, and I do too. I see my neighbors too, all the time. Of, oh yeah. yeah, I think about that. Yeah, that like they just have it so much more normal than us mm-hmm. or whatever. But how fortunate that we get to do this thing professionally that does make people feel really fucking good, and that you're very good at, and that almost almost nobody can do. Literally, almost nobody can do this. And I'm not saying almost nobody can make people laugh. I'm saying almost nobody can construct a career out of this. Yeah. Because there's another level that you had to go to beyond being funny and very good at being a comedian. What people in the real world, I think, especially fans of comedy, know you have something else that literally almost nobody has Mm -hmm. that you're able to construct a professional career of this thing, which takes so much more than just being funny. Yeah. Much, much, much more than that. So kudos to you. Thank you. And I do I do love it though. You know, yeah, like I mean of course. Like, and it's else I want to do. Yeah. I mean, I like it's funny when I went it's kind of corny, but when I um more soft piano music, Joe. Joe, soft mind. piano music right now. <laughs> Something like real, you know, pull at the hot strings. <laughs> <laughs> Play it again, Joe. But like I do feel like when when I when I went through that shit with that guy, I really liked that guy, but I was like, I can't. 
do that. I'm not going to live in Wayne, New Jersey and just, you know, be and birthing all day. Yeah. yeah, I would absolutely just be hanging somewhere. I'd right. be done hanged by now. <laughs> I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> but like I was thinking after that, there was a little period where I was just like, oh, I, I want to do that. I want to only want those things. It right. would, I would feel more relaxed, you know, probably why I'm attracted to like, you know, just very working class type people. But like at the same time, I don't know. There was like this dumb like quote that my brother gave me. It was said, "Be your." It's an Ernest Hemingway quote. It's not dumb. It's very lovely. But he was like, "Be yourself." Everyone else is already taken. Right. So that's what we're supposed to do. And then I do feel like when I get frustrated about how to navigate the ins and outs of it with 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 Frankie and everything, I'm like, "Well, I should because I don't want her to feel like she would have to, you know, like that that she would have to table a part of herself one day." Sure. And I think like I do get to hang out with like my favorite people in the world who just like make me laugh so much, and it's like. We have a lot of fun. It's delightful. Yeah, and when you're hanging out with your favorite people, yeah. it doesn't have to be at the cost of listening to gay porn blaring in the kitchen. Yeah, there's no violent, <laughs> jarring there's porn. No jarring pornography being blasted in the back of your ear, and you're not going to throw your shoulder out when a fire hits. <laughs> Speaking of which, that's what I was going to tell you before. So that night, so he's like, okay, take care of my wife or whatever. So then we go out to this bar afterwards, and and so like late that night, I go back to my apartment. We weren't like living together yet. And there's like nine missed calls from this guy at like three, four, five in the morning. I was like, oh, this will be interesting. So yeah. he's he's leaves me this long voicemail. He's like, I love you. Like, fuck Pete. He's got a baby penis. <laughs> <laughs> there's this thing in fire department called going blue, going rescue. It's like a special ops thing where you like going do, blue it's called going blue like you could blue. get made be a cap or you go blue which they would both argue with each other one is like more manly than the other to save people in the sea the other farm like yeah hey, fuck the sea guys yeah, or whatever oh, that stinks yeah put on a dumb <laughs> outfit yeah you stink <laughs> so he's like i'll go blue you know like fuck pete he's got a baby penis he's like i'll fucking love you we're gonna have a little jew baby like the funniest most hilarious insane message you kept it at my i don't know if i still have it but um it really made me laugh and I played it for my husband because I knew that he wouldn't give a fuck. Yeah. So I played it for him. I mean, it was pretty out there. Like, he was like, I love you, fuck Pete. I love you. I would be your husband. We're fucking married. Fucking, he's a little bitch. He's a baby penis. And was making himself laugh. Like, and kept calling back, just saying more right. and more ludicrous horseshit. And so I played it for my husband. He was just like, yeah, Mike, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Ah, I asked him later. I was like, did you Mike. say anything to Mike? Like when you saw him the next time, did you Mike. say anything? Yeah, eh. no. Nah. He's a drunk. He's it's like, Mike hey. being Mike. Yeah, he's like, hey, Marines, they're always come back a little crazy now. Here you go. He's like, <laughs> hey, he's a Marine. That was his reasoning. He was just like, hey, he's a Marine. You that know? is true. Though. Never said anything to him. And actually one day, I cannot relate to any characteristic less one less than this. One day we were out like hanging at this bar and I was like, can I take your phone and text other people on the fireman chain? Like dumb shit. Always lets me do it, just hands it to me. Yeah, sure. I was just like telling the guys, I was like, there's one fireman in particular. He's their boss. I was like, dude, I would love to like spend some more private time with you. And I like, I miss you sometimes, not like in a weird way, but I, I want to like get closer and I long for you. And he's like, just the most inappropriate, insane. Yeah. I was going on and on about how like, I need you to need me. Like things he would <laughs> never say. I need you to it, need Unacceptable, me. crazy horse shit. Yeah. And then- Days later, I was like, oh, wait, did you ever tell the guys about that? He's like, yeah. So these guys think he's in love with them. He's their boss. Yeah. And he just like, yeah, hey, I'll leave it. I'm like, no, but it's not good. No, but you it's, say something. there's no HR in the fire department. 
But isn't it fascinating that you wouldn't want to correct that? Like, I wrote insane shit. Yeah. I was like, can't stop crying at a certain point. It was like five in the morning. I just text like seven <laughs> firemen. He's their boss. I can't stop weeping. Because I figured the next day, he'd be like, oh, my wife took my yeah, phone and that'd be the end phone. of it. No. Yeah. And that's how confident he is that he doesn't give a shit. Whatever they think, he's like, They yes. think he was, I was like, I was rolled. I said, I'm rolled up in a ball weeping now. I feel so frightened. <laughs> Am I a frightened little bitch? They're like, dude, you okay, buddy? You know? We love, well, but I'm sure their responses were like, we love you. We're here always to support you, blah, blah, blah. I can't. That's and I was like, like when I bro can't. love is at a high level, he could have said any, you could have said anything, and they'd be like, support you regardless. I guess you're right. That's support so you fascinating. Yeah, to you'd me. be like, I ended up killing my wife, and they're like, support you regardless. Support you regardless, Pete. We're, like, I think that at some point that bro love thing uh, overthrows surpasses any, the yeah. rest. Yeah, yeah. They just that's also that's what they've got. Do you know what I mean? That's like, what they've got. That's yeah. what they've got. That's their thing. On the other side of that, of course, since you're asking me about. Um, communication before is that like yeah he doesn't know what he's supposed to say at any given moment so right it's not good no <laughs> no <laughs> worthless like emotionally yeah like i was doing a special and he like sends me i'm like what is this i told him when i do a special i need very little like we have fun lives i'm like if yeah. i do like conan you need to send me a text maybe yeah good ask luck. me how's have going fun. yeah buddy yeah nothing all day about to shoot the special I get a picture. I was like, what is this? I can't open it. He's like, gas bill. Gas, gas bill. bill. I thought it was going to be a picture of a rose or something, just like some sad, ignorant picture of like a swaying rose. But I was like, oh, I'll take a swaying rose at this right. point. You know, it's like four. I have to go on at five. He's like, yeah, gas bill. I mean, he just doesn't know. Yeah. But I wrong. mean, how beautiful a little bit. Yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> great. But, you know, source it out. But yeah. Because the I other mean, side is worse. You don't want the guy that's like, oh, that's all in your shit all the time. As a no. comedian, you need the independence. You need the independence. I get a tr tremendous amount of independence. So I, I'm more of, I would be better partners with your husband then because I want to be left alone completely. Like, you want to be left alone. Like, I'm going to shoot a thing or whatever. Please don't talk to me. Don't tell me. I don't want. You don't want one nice text? Nope. I don't. I just don't. Like, I don't. I actually fucking. But that's probably because you're with somebody that gives it to you. So, like, when I was with a guy that was kind of jealous and a little much, I want him out of my fucking hair. Right. But then it's like, when you're with somebody that's very remote, sure. you'd like them to just maybe check in every once in a while? I get that. No, I get that. Yeah. I, I just mean you're, in particular for tapings and stuff like that. You just don't want anybody in your mind. I just don't like that. Just leave me alone on my little island. Because I'm going to, half of the reason that I think comedians love being comedians so much is mm -hmm. we want all the glory and all of the shame. <laughs> like... We want to feel when it's when it works. We want to, we want to feel the elation. What can you pour more of that? Yes, thing? this one. This is a, this is the one. Okay, is this we a lot or is it a normal amount? No, it's a normal amount. Okay, you're not driving. What do you give a shit? I guess right. Um, we want. You know what we want? We want mm -hmm. all the elation on mm -hmm. the win, and we want all of the. We want to feel the whole loss. I think comics don't mind feeling all the loss. Yeah, because you're like, fuck it, fuck me up. I'm willing mm -hmm. to risk. Uh, taking all the blame for this not working because the working part feels so good. So I, when I get into a moment of a taping or a thing or something very important, mm -hmm. you got to leave me alone and let me have all of it. I want to feel all of it, whether it's very good or very I think that's very bad. healthy, actually. Kind of, kind of. But then you sit with this fucking thing. Yeah. And sometimes the old... Uh, the noodle upstairs can just go awry. And then Are you, you hard on yourself? Are you competitive? Oh, so hard on myself. You're yeah. competitive, would you yeah. say? Like I'm, I'm yeah, like my, my special is going to come out beginning of next year mm -hmm. and I fucking hate it. I've watched it a thousand times. I can't do it anymore. Like, 
I picked it apart inside and out to the point when you're like, why do you stand like that, you fucking no, idiot? No, I, I have to say this. Every special I've ever watched, I'm so disgusted. Disgusted. <laughs> I would pay like hard cash to bury each and every one yes. of them. Isn't it gross when I see my, like you see yourself like using the stage? I'm like, oh, uh, no one needs this. Shut the fuck you? up. Yeah. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Really just gallivanting around and teaching people things. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm so, I want to close myself like a box. I'm like, just stop it. It was stop hard. It. I had to go watch it with the others because we had to do this, you know, the sound and color pass and I had to go watch, um, I had to go watch them fix a couple of things because they had to paint out, you know, one of the shots had an exit sign that we knew was there, but we couldn't get a better mm-hmm. angle. So we we're like, we'll paint it out and we'll VFX it out. And we VFX a couple of wires and cans on the side of the stage as well. Where did you shoot? Denver, the Paramount Theater. Oh, in Denver. that's cool. That's a great theater. Yeah, my old ladies from Denver. We like Denver. So I, <laughs> I just was like, you know, I had to go watch it again, and I watched it with like four people in the room, and fuck, man, the anxiety. It's just I hated it. Yeah. I hate. I just can't do it. Like at, at the store years ago, a tradition used to be, um, if a comic we knew was getting like a guest role on a TV show or was premiering a special or you would watch it all together. The store would always go. Yeah. They would, the store would hold it at the comedian's bar or at the front bar and everyone would stand and watch it, particularly late night sets. That was a big thing because the TV Mm -hmm. outside on the patio, people would stand around and I do miss those moments. It doesn't happen. If you saw it before and you thought you did a good job, then would you want to maybe? No, fuck no. I think that's good. You're not like an egomaniac. It's an appealing quality. I just also think like, um, you know, every set I've ever – taping is so hard to get exactly what you want it to feel mm-hmm. like. And then every time you do tape a joke, inevitably, you'll watch it and be like, I know I feel like there's a better way for me to better have Better way that. for me to say that. It yes. never feels finished. That's such an interesting insight. I was just saying that to somebody, uh, another comic recently. I was like, oh, I shouldn't use it there. He's like, it's never finished. They're never, never. finished. They're never, never. going to be finished. Because you just see it and you're like, fuck, all that work. And I there were so many better takes of that. But I guess a special isn't the best take. And I try to remind myself that um, – People don't know all those other versions and the little words that are missing. Right. You know? Only you feel all that yeah. shit. You know, like I've talked about it on the show before. There's this artist named John Baldessari mm-hmm. who was very famous uh, for uh, burning. All, all, like at one point he burned his entire collection. He literally lit it all on fire because he wanted to start all over again. Because you know, he was like, if I keep looking at some of the stuff that I've made, I want to keep fixing or changing it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I just need a new start. So he burned all his fucking Made like a shit. roast of some sort? Like he, he just made, he lit a fire? Just lit a fucking fire, but set it all on fire. Yeah. <laughs> That's Like so a full funny. on psychopath. But I mean, it's incredible because I think he was like, I don't want to keep staring at stuff. I want to either make it and get let rid it of go. it. And let it go. Yeah. And that was the most obvious form of letting it go. But mm-hmm. I just, when I heard about that, I was like, how powerful that the, the dude had, because it'd be so hard to tell anybody that makes art performance whatever to just be like okay i'm gonna you're gonna shoot a special you're gonna work super fucking hard on it Mm -hmm. and then we'll let people see it for like four days but then we're burning it forever and no one gets to see it again you'd be like well i want people to see it again i mean yeah you're limiting who can see it but that's his perspective was like no i would i would pay i'm telling you a lot of money to have none of it seen it's disgusting (laughs) to me disgusting also i'm like what am i wearing i look like a fucking well a lot of the the that's the big issue what do i look i look like an idiot oh my god i always hate everything i've ever worn on television i mean like i'm like who convinced me to wear that and then i read the comments which you're never fucking supposed to do but there's this guy named mr twat waffles that hates me and i'm like he makes so many good points one of the Mr. comments, Twat-waffles. Mr. Twat Waffles was arguing with this other guy, and the other guy was like sticking up for me with Twat Waffles. And he's like, Do you think she has the time to read this crap? Meanwhile, it's like one point for Twat Waffles. Yeah. Here I am. Twat Waffles you got can't you. do that, but I get I get like that where I just like look through and I'm like, Yeah, he's right. He's completely correct. 
I mean, it's just so hard to watch yourself. And a lot of people say I have a man voice, and I'm like, I do have a man voice. Like, I just, it gives you a brand man new. voice? Yeah, it's, it's pretty. I don't think you have a manly voice at all. Thanks. Thanks for saying that. <laughs> no, I really don't think so. I mean, I, w- I would say it. I'd make fun of you if you did. I mean, comfortably, I'd be like, yeah, you do. You fucking sound like a guy. Pull your cock out. <laughs> you don't have a fucking man voice. The criticisms, by the way, when they're good. I think I'm making a point. Like, I really want to be heard. I get like, real burly and it's like really heinous. What's going on? Hey, what's I up? I really take charge What's up, stuff? Cleveland? No, see, Ugh. this is how you know you don't have a man voice, that you you're, when you try to do a man voice like that, what you just did, mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like a man. Thank you. I'm going to download that as a compliment. Hold on to it. <laughs> it works for me. Um, I like these shoes, by the way. These are These couldn't be more New York. These are very New York. Oh, thank you so much. That's, a, that's such like a But new, I want to ask you a few shoot. more questions yeah. about your childhood real fast. Okay, go ahead. I want to hear it. If we have the time. Yeah. So you mentioned that. So your dad went away, and then what happened? <laughs> You're sick now. Um, <laughs> he got out. He got out. He escaped. Yeah? No, he went away a few... He went away, and then uh, we had moved to the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom remarried. And then my dad and I talked intermittently for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And then um, still don't really have like a relationship. You know, I've said this on this show so many times. You know the song Cat in the Cradle? You know mm-hmm. that cat in the mm-hmm. service been a little mm-hmm. woman. When you're coming home, son, I don't know when. That That's kind of the relationship I have with my dad where it's like I grew up. Yeah. And then now it's like I'm a man with my own life. And he, you know, wants to connect a little bit because he's clean now. His life is good. He's sober. Yeah. He's functioning. And now he like kind of wants to connect, but I don't, I don't have. There's not much left. I don't have much. Sam has left. a similar thing like that. Yeah. yeah I don't he's have the just time. like kind of a wrap dad. You weren't Well, there we're because... both, we're at some point, I've learned this too with my parents because we're, I'm going through a lot of family stuff right now, uh, private shit with my family. But like what you learn is at certain age, you're like, oh. I'm just a grown-up and they're just grown-ups. Yeah, they're my parents, but, like, you're just independent adults who live. Mm-hmm. who live. Mm-hmm. And then so when you realize that, I think sometimes, you know, you definitely can take for granted your the, the relationships and not pay attention to the things that you need to appreciate about them because they're not going to be there forever, which is a daunting truth about as you get older, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, my parents are definitely not. This is a, this is a yeah. short. You know, like, I read one of these terrible, awful things on the Internet that's like, uh, you'll appreciate it more when you realize if you're in this age bracket, you probably only have uh, uh, 12, 12 Christmases left with your loved ones. And you're like, oh my God. Yeah. Like it was just a daunting fact to read. It was like, how many holidays are you going to have left with the people you love? Mm-hmm. So the, those kind of moments like check you down a little bit as you grow older, you get further and further away from... Um, yeah. you know, those things. So, yeah. So for me, I just, it's been hard cause I'm growing and I'm trying to reconnect or trying to connect with my dad, my biological father, but we're, we're adults. It's tough. Yeah. You're it's also paths. like, it, you kind of get to, did you kind of get to a place where it's like, we're going to connect as much as we connect. It's also, I think helpful maybe to realize that it's not there. Sure. It's not like this thing that's access that sure. you can access, but you're 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 not choosing to. Right. And then you can let go of the guilt and the like shame and the heaviness of there like of that, and you could just be like, oh, this is what is there. 
like yeah. a shared activity perhaps every once in a while, but there's or not a phone call your, or a phone call or something right. like that. And to not think that I think as comics, we often think that we're responsible for so much emotionally, you know, like, oh, yeah. you know, I feel like, um, uh, Jimmy Carr said this recently, he was like, you know, who did you take care of? You know, and it's like comics. It's like, we usually took care of somebody emotionally growing up and thought that we had so much more power that we had right. than we actually had. We, we never ran the show, you know what I mean? And then also we, we often didn't feel like listened to at some point. So it's like our little final arguments. I think that's why like a lot of comedians used to be lawyers and stuff. You know, yeah. it's like you get this final like last Now listen to me. Now you're hearing my side of it, you know, right. like, and so I think like, it's nice and it's kind of relaxing to realize like, oh, I actually don't have control over what this could be. It's what's left is what's there. Sure. And it's what's left because of his choices and his decisions, you know? This is you're, that he made. You, you are the fixer, by the way. I know. It's not good. No, I like look for that little thing. But but it's also nice that a person like you because you're not – you know, I mean, I've gone, I've come a long way. I used to just date like emergency alcoholics that I would just be like, but like, it's good to know somebody, oh, you've been through some stuff, yeah. but I would key into like whatever that is. And like, yeah, that is my personality. You focus on the pain. And I try to like fix it. Yeah. But well, I'm learning. Every guy you ever dated, you did that with. I mean, I primarily only dated like guttural alcoholics, just like <laughs> wild, like code red. I dated this one guy at a certain point in the night. He was a foreman. He was really hot. He was always, at a certain point in the night, would get real drunk and just start glaring at someone at the bar. We're, you know, Looking for a fight. Looking for uh, some sort of, it was more just like a paranoid sort of simmering hostility that was mounting. It didn't usually huh. come a fight. One time we were at this, we used to drink at this Port Authority bar and he, at, he would just glare at this elderly woman. I'm like, what beef could you possibly have with Virginia? She's like a <laughs> 70-year-old widow for the love of God. He was like yeah. a jacked like fucking foreman. And he'd be like, you're looking at her like this. Are you looking like, at Virginia? And he was a kind of alcoholic that would have like organized sections in the bar. You know, you really know when they have like, this is where their money goes. And this is where like real type A, oh, like alcohol, like three columns, you know, and you couldn't mess with this. Col- like he definitely paid way more attention to his columns than me always. You know, it's right. the column columns organization was first. First, yeah. 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 His ice, his columns, his scotch. So we would, and then he would start glaring at somebody. And one night he started glaring at a bus. It was like, we had to take this bus home. Oh I'm my like, God. you can't have beef with a vehicle. You can't have beef with a vehicle. So we, we lived in New Jersey and I moved in with him uh-huh. because at that time, a man to me that just had an apartment, they're better than me. Anybody that has like an organized, you know what I mean? Like I'd put them up in this pedestal. Yeah. He has a job in New York. He's like a foreman. He's attractive. Sure, he's a fucking emergency throbbing drunk. Right. But it's kind of hot when he like comes over to my apartment, screams apologies. Like, you know, it was like very, you know, like streetcar named as I be like, Rachel. You know, it was fun. It was like exciting. I love you, Rachel. You're like, I'm sorry. You know, I'm like, yeah, all right, shit. And then I'll we, be right down. I'll be right down. Let me just adjust my cans. And then I would come downstairs. <laughs> I think we'd go to this like that little place where we go take the bus back to his place. It was a little jitney bus. It was so exhausting. Imagine this fucking like 200 pound fucking drunk that I'm trying to wrangle and get just, I just need him on that bus so we can go home and I could finally sleep, you Uh know? But then one day he was just like, I don't know. I'm like, you don't know about the bus? You have, you think that the bus is up to something? Yeah. He's like, you just never have my back. You never have my fucking back. (laughs) Oh my God. You're not telling me it was weird the way the bus turned like that? Jesus. Yes, suspicious of a bus itself. Is he dead? wasn't going to get on this it. Guy? He's gone. Oh yeah, yeah. No, this is like years ago. This is like one of my earlier no, I mean, chapters. Is he dead? Is he dead? Oh, dead? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would think so. I hope not. Yes. But wherever you are, sir, he's listening. Right now. <laughs> you imagine he's a huge fan of my show. 
I wouldn't be surprised. Sees you on it, and then he's. It's kind like, of satisfying to know that whatever relationship, like if you're when you're dating, yeah, that my friends are always going to be so much more fun, and you'll keep watching their like podcasts and shit. To right. any man that's dismissed me or hurt me in any way, I'm like, mm, I'll, I'll still be like on the fun bus over here with all the comedians. I don't say bus around that guy. He'll fucking lose his. Yeah, mind. you're right. I'm I on the fun bus. bus. He's like, he's like <sighs> not getting on it. Not doing it. Then I moved in with them, and then he he was obsessed with this war game, Aces High. And he, Ace is high. It was like one of those interactive game? war games. He would like Xbox. Yeah, he pretended. This is so bad. I know you probably should wrap up. No, no, no. But tell me. <laughs> he pretended on one of our first dates that he was fresh from the war in Iraq. Wait, he. Like... <laughs> he invented a limp. I was like twenty-four. Okay, I was like very dumb. <laughs> it's like one of my first. New but he York, was playing, New York alcoholic. So he played a character. Yeah, he played a character. What a lovely guy. And he had a, like he faked a limp. Did you and buy then, into this? Did you like enjoy this? Of course. I was like, he's back from the war. I'm going to help him. I'm going to get him in therapy. Oh yes. I loved it. I was like, this is, this is awesome. This is Stolen Valor, it's by like the a, way. You're getting turned on by Stolen Valor. Yes. I didn't know, though, at the what time. Gets my I thought I was aroused right. by real Valor. Stolen Valor. <laughs> That's great. And then so like he was like, and then like he came to watch me and I bombed like violent bombing, like the kind of bomb where your depth perception is affected. Like you have to like hold right, things to get out right. the door. So what, by the time we were at the bar, I was just so shocked he was even still there so when he told me that i was just like whatever sure like you know like he's like by the way i have to tell you something i'm not really from the war in iraq he also told me that he never thought he was going to see me again like he explained it in such a way that i was just like eh, what are you gonna do eh, eh, you lie about the war eh, you lie come about on. The things are crazy moving on yeah you'll be hospitalized soon let's have some fun <laughs> So he just sat at the bar and like, yeah, made out after that or whatever. And then I moved in with him. But like he was, um, yeah. You're really, you've got, you're really, um, uh, uh, your heart is, your heart's just bigger than your brain. That's all that is. Yeah. I you just are like, you're a good person. I like to hear about people's childhoods. I'm fascinated with people's childhoods. Because they're all Like when you up. say that your dad like was away. Yeah. I'm like with that kid. I'm like, oh, I need it. Out. Like I feel it. You I know? had that stereotypical uh I'm like, oh, he was going to tell us if it's so scary. Like, like, I, think at all. I had the thing when, the, you know, like the dad would say he was going to come visit but never show up. Like, Oh, like, my God. Like one of those bad movies, you know, where no! you see like the kid on the front porch with a baseball glove and the dad never showed up. That's a, I literally had that happen. Oh. <laughs> and you're a really good man. Like that's fucking some shit. You could yeah, be but I mean, you, you know, could be well, dick. I, do, I kill animals in the middle of the night. I will go kill local dogs and cats. If sure. Stray. I will strangle them with my two hands <laughs> and then eat them in the streets. No, but the, I think, well, it's also because I had a great dad. I, my stepdad was... Your set, was same as Sam. Sam had a really good stepdad. Yeah, he so great, he yeah, had he that. Did. You need those father, those figures in your life. That... Yeah, he had someone to, to like be on the other side of that. Now, granted, it didn't. It doesn't make up for like... Uh, There's a know. hole. Well, it doesn't make up for the fact that you're bummed about how that still stuff happened. That mm -hmm. you're like, oh, why would you not show up for a kid? No, it's unthinkable to me. Unthinkable to yeah, me. Yeah, but, but then again, you know, disease is disease. Yeah. But... uh but I think that's why I had balance was because those moments I laugh about because I just didn't – it didn't register as hard because I had something else that mattered. Do you know what I mean? And like, you had – and was your, did your dad, your, you know, working dad, did he like explain or discuss? Was he analytical? Was he connected? Was he – My stepdad? Mm-hmm. No. But no. he was there. He was, he was there. there. But, but the, the other world didn't exist to my stepdad and my mom. What do you mean by other worlds? Like my dad's side of the family. Like when, when my dad was out and about and I would go see my Santino side and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like it, my mom didn't want anything to do with it. Didn't care. Like didn't, mm -hmm. was kind of like leave that. Like my dad smoked and like every fucking dad. 
my dad smoked and would smoke inside. My whole family would smoke inside. Chicago, mm-hmm. baby. Yeah. And I would come home to my mom's house and I would fucking reek like cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And she'd make me change like in the garage sometimes. She'd be like, go take off those fucking cigarettes. So, because it was like, it reminded Transferred her anger of her, of, of my dad. dad. Yeah. It's not healthy. So I would take off my shit. In like the- oh my god, little Andrew <laughs> taking off his little outfit. I can't, I can't. Like that hurts. No, it, you it, already it, had this fractured life. No, it wasn't bad. There, like, it wasn't bad. No, you know what though? It actually, I, I I hated the smell of my clothes too. Like I hated it. I hated the mm-hmm. cigarettes. So you know, I didn't mind it. Like it wasn't like a. I wasn't embarrassed by. You it weren't or embarrassed by. It. You're just no. like oh, this is what I do now. Yeah, I just it was a part of life. It was like guts. oh, you smell like smoke when you come back from that house because everybody smoked. They all of them smoked. Yeah. So I just got used to it. You know, it yeah. was just like a part of culture was that that family smokes. This mm-hmm. one doesn't smoke. Mm-hmm. And I would sh- yeah, I'd shed my clothes. <laughs> so cute. Just imagine you out in the in My little garage. penis and my little tidy whiteies oh, walking through the like house. taking it all off. <laughs> so cute. It's yeah. So cute. Yeah, no. But, you know, it, I think like, uh, yeah, you get to laugh about it when you get older, too, because it's like... Uh, Every one of my friends has some kind of story. Oh, yeah. From, so you learn. You're like, oh, we're all – it's all just different versions of stories. And for me, I think it also helps to know, like, like that it does take just one person. Like, in my family, they were obviously very present. But, like, you know, there was no boundaries. And everything – my mom would share all these weird, dark stories about – that's probably why I'm like this. Obviously, about other people's pain and people like yeah. she, like, all her things. Well, that's definitely from your mom. Yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah. She would always – her more heavy. Like, I would always want to make it light, you know. But, like, she would share these weird, gnarled – and then my dad would just try to make everybody laugh. Like my brother. <laughs> oh yeah, so I was gonna tell you before. So his, yeah. his my other guy in the vomit zones. He worked at this like, at this like uh, hospital that was like very important. He's like a, a up like high up like psychiatrist at this medical center in South Carolina. My dad would send him these emails again and again um, from Father Feinstein, this priest character my dad made up, and he'd be like, "Hey, it's Father Feinstein. It's gonna be a great week. Uh, I'm planning on there's gonna be a bushel of boys delivered here, and you will bet I will just <laughs> rape the bejesus out of each and every one of them. God is good, and He protects and provides. He has a plan, and that plan has delivered me the sweetest, youngest bushel of you know boy ass that I could ever hope for. Love, you know. Father. I hope things are going well in your court. Love, Father Feinstein. And so he would send these emails, and my and they have a shared email, my parents, because they're old. Sure. And I'd be like, Howard, stop sending those damn emails about the priest to David's work email. It bothers him. He's like, I don't know that. I think I'm not sure. Or you might be out of line. You might enjoy him. So apparently, finally, David called my dad, and he was like, listen, Howard, love the priest fucking um, children emails. <laughs> really fun. Keep them coming. Good bit. But if you don't mind, if you could just move them on over to my personal email address. Such a reasonable request. Yeah, normal request. Yeah, yeah. he's like, my secretary does read those, and it's just a lot of priest-fucking children emails. And again, just bump on the Father Feinstein's over to my personal address. My, my dad's famous for this. Not a problem. Glad you brought it up. Must have been hard for you. It's not going to happen again. He used to do that all the time. Oh, and then the next problem. day. Glad you brought it up. Yes, and the next day, no interruption. Just the same constant. Are like, you happy you grew up with that kind of guy, that dad? Yes, no. I think he's really funny. Yeah. But what I was going to say is like there's – there was so much chaos in my house and like now I look back and I'm like, it just takes like one person to be like kind of start that trail of like, oh, now I go to therapy and learn more reasonable boundaries and date people that are in less emergency states of alarm sure. or learn how to have, ba- you know, but like, like I remember this one, I really thought I caused all the dysfunction, all the craziness of my mom and dad and they're, you know, my mom just crying about all her 
people she worked with in social work. I'm like, oh, that was inappropriate. Like, she shouldn't have been home weeping to me about – she shouldn't have picked me up from play dates and been like, did I tell you Karen Jerkinson was assaulted? Like, I was – I'm 11. <laughs> it ruined her sex life with Roger. It absolutely ruined it because he felt he couldn't protect her and he wasn't aroused. You're just coloring yes. your uh-huh. – I'm like, yeah. Like, I – yeah, she'd be like – just de- the weirdest, darkest details of everything. And now when I look back, I'm like, oh, there's a different way. But there was one teacher that I had, much like your you know, stepdad. It was obviously you needed a much more present figure. But like I remember being in, in a class and she was like, um, oh, you, you, you're – I went to the bathroom. I was washing my hands. And she was like, you're smart. And I was like, me? Like she's not about me. I'm an asshole. I'm like a wild asshole, you know. And she was like, no, you're smart. You say and write smart things and you care about other people. And you're a good person. I was just like, me? Like I cause my parents, all of my parents suffering because I have ADD and I make things, you know, I'm messy <laughs> yeah. and I'm bad, you know. But just her saying that, I still remember I was standing, like my my dumb high school outfit, you know. Uh-huh. I remember that conversation. So I feel like it takes like one it figure does. like that. That's it, you know. One and then I was like, you. but my mom's really unhappy about me. She's really sad because she's always crying about me. She's like, no, she's just crying because she's sad. Like you can't, it's got nothing to do with you. Who said like, that to you? That teacher, that teacher, Do you teacher. Remember her yeah, name? yeah, Suzanne Bornswig. Shout oh. out to Bornswig if you're yes. out there. We need more <laughs> people like you. Yeah. Um. All anyway. right. Listen, this has been so much fucking fun. I appreciate you. Thank you so much if, for having. If <clears throat> if you are going to go back on tour, mm-hmm. tell the people what's your website. Rachel-Feinstein.com. Rachel-Feinstein.com. I know it shouldn't be a dash. We end the show with one word or one phrase. Uh-huh. So it used to be a word, then it became a phrase because people didn't know. They would be like, I don't want just one word. You could say a phrase, a word mm-hmm. or a phrase. It's up to you. And you say it into that camera when you're ready. It's going to end the episode and that will be cemented in history forever. So one word or one phrase into that camera when you're ready. Can it be one that we've used before? Whatever you want. Perhaps stolen from someone else. It can be anything that you want. Look in that camera. Never in the ass and hide your wallet. <laughs> in here, we pour whiskey, 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 whiskey. You were that creature in the ginger beard. Sturdy and ginger. Like vampires, the ginger gene is a curse. Gingers are beautiful.